Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and this is the final episode of the year. Ooh, what a fun yes. time. And joining me for this momentous occasion, Mr. Barney Metcalf. Hello, again, glad to be back. For another one. Another one. So... Uh, as this is a review of the year, uh, we'll be talking about not like just a specific film or a specific franchise. We'll be talking about lots of films. And so predominantly, There's this will be chance. the best films and worst, if we want to touch on that as well, of this If we feel like hating on something. Of this past calendar year of 2021. So before we continue uh, on, is there anything you want to touch on not related to films that you thought was very good this year? Like any TV shows or video games or anything like Ooh. that you want to touch on very quickly? Um, on. I'm, I'm not a big video game person, so I, I don't really have much to say on that. But okay. TV wise, I think. Um, I mean, I've. I, it's like, was it, yeah, it was this, this year, season two of Ted Lasso. That mm. was knocking about. Um, and I think yeah. that's a really great show. It yes. was admittedly a step down from the first series, I'd say. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably... I mean, I think it might have, like, some of the better individual episodes. But as a whole... As a whole, it's probably weaker, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Um, but I guess my, my other um, kind of thing that I thought was, you know, really great that in TV that came out this year... Um, so I think they started. This started like a couple of years ago. Um, there's this show called The Goes Wrong Show. They um, mm. where it's fictional plays, um, you know, that are specifically you know meant to to go wrong. Mm. Like, um, so they they had their their second series this year as well. Um, I guess an, ex- an example from the first series, which was a fantastic episode, was one where one of the sets has has like been built too small. Um, mm-hmm. So everyone's crammed into this tiny courtroom set. Um, so yeah, we've got the second series of that. I think it's a fantastic show. Um, I recommend it. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the funniest TV I've watched in a while. Mm. Uh, Squid Game. That was the oh, of course. Yes. Yes. No. Very good. Very good show. Yeah, I thought episode six in particular was probably the best episode of TV of the year. Um, it's up there, definitely. Yeah, absolute gut punch. <laughs> See, I went in because everyone was talking about our oh, episode six is great, and I was like, all right. And what, then, what, what, you know, yeah, I thought it was going to be a case of, oh, what cool sort of game are they playing this time? And, and it's not the game they're playing. Well, it kind of is the game they're playing, but it's a bit more than that. that. that yeah, I mean that that's not the reason it's great. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, this time with Alan Partridge, series two came out. I've watched the first episode of that. Thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, no, I, I've 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 seen all that. that was, yeah, it was very good. Um, like like with most things, it's been a little bit of a, a lesser uh, second series. Mm. Um, but still, you know, Alan Partridge, I think, is you know always very solid. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. To, oh yeah, we've we've also got a bunch of uh, Marvel shows which have been fine. Yeah. I, I think they it peaked with one division and it hasn't really been able to hit those heights since. I, I, it's, I'd say it peaked with Loki personally. Mm. Um, but and then, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was uh, pretty disappointing, and yeah, I haven't yeah. finished Hawkeye, so I can't comment on that. And, and yeah, what if? Like, yeah, I mean, weirdly, Hawkeye I think has ended up being my second favorite. Um, I know, I know you're a fan of this show, but um, the last series of Brooklyn Nine Nine mm. was a. Uh, yeah, last yeah, series yeah. of that, I thought the first episode was really weird. Like, it, yeah, I didn't. I like many. I wasn't a big fan of the first episode. It felt like it was trying to like the show's always been political, but this oh one yeah, felt, it's always it's, it, 
there's the, that great episode where the, where Terry gets you know racially profiled. Which yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, best episodes. Yeah. I think probably yeah. my second favorite behind the one the box where. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that, that episode is fantastic. Whereas this one felt like it was trying a bit too hard. It was. <laughs> it pretty much spelt out everything. Like it was just like it just sort of name dropped a bunch of things. And was just yeah, like, it was like mm. yeah, it, it didn't quite feel emotionally cored like the the other ones where they've tackled this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah it was just like George Floyd and you know protests and COVID. BLM, A cab. Yeah, <clears throat> you know all that stuff. Look, look how trendy we are, and you know and we're just, keeping up with. Yeah. But I felt that the rest of the season picked it up, and I thought the last episode, well, it's like a two-parter, I felt part yeah, one was... Yeah, very strong good. Yeah. It, it's one of... it's. It was always a worry when a show ends. Yeah. It's like you, it has to have a good ending, and I felt it... Especially in more recent years since Game of Thrones ended yeah. and everyone hated that. It felt like a pretty much where the series would end up. Yeah, no, it's what I wanted the finale to be, one of their classic heist episodes. Yeah. It makes uh, sort of perfect was... sense with the characters as well, and where mm. yeah, his but, character... Um, you know, there is a character arc for Jake Peralta. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, not just in that singular season, but across all eight seasons, it's been like... Oh, yeah, comparatively yeah, yeah, no, to... the end of the, char- of the character arc. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've just remembered the other um, bit of TV I'd like to give a shout-out to. Um, the Amazon Prime uh, documentary series Clarkson's Farm. Featuring Jerry mm. Clarkson, Top Gear, and the Grand Tour and that. Um, yeah. Really great show, actually. It was very interesting. Um, very funny, but also a very, you know, insightful look at, you know, the, the farming industry, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, so. I Just two more things. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, Season 3. I finished a couple oh, I of need to watch that. Uh, really, really good stuff. I episodes four and the final two episodes are probably the best, some of the best episodes of the show's run, in my opinion. And also Invincible season one premiered as well, and I really liked that as well. Yeah. Uh, video get haven't really played too. I don't really keep up with modern games too much, so I can't n- comment on it massively. I didn't play anything big like the new resident evil or metroid or any of that stuff the only games i played from this year was super mario 3d world plus bowser fury which i thought was very good and i played a demo version of WarioWare inc the new wario game and other than that uh, there's not really much to touch on really in terms of non-film stuff yeah non-films yes so (laughs) that's the only answer so uh eight minutes so, uh, before we talk about, like, top tens and stuff, what were some of... If you were to give me, like, five or so films you were looking forward to seeing this year, like, what would be, like, your five yeah. most anticipated films Let's take the us back of this to the year? start of the year. Yes. Okay. Um, well, I guess the one that, that comes to mind um, off the bat for me would be um, No Time to Die. Um, of course. Because, you know, I'm a big Bond fan. Um, so, I don't you know, think that's ever come up on here, your love no. for James Bond. You've yeah, given, like, f- four or five of them, like, ten out of ten. Something um, mental yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I've got two, two tens and oh. two 9.5s. Oh, yeah. yeah which, you know, it's basically a ten, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking um, mental. 
Oh, no. I love James Bond. It's great. <laughs> no, I like it too, but I don't even have one out of ten. The closest is a uh, nine. Well, I, I pity you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, no time to die, uh, of course. Yeah, no, that was definitely on there. Um, do we want to like go back and forth, like I say when you say one? Uh, yeah, well, I was kind of... Yeah, so stuff that... I feel like there's going to be some crossover, so... Well, if, if there is, then, you know. I have, well, I'll probably have to change it. So, I w- one of mine would have been No Time to Die, but you said that, so I'll pick a different one. So, the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Ah, uh, but of course. I feel like I didn't make a list necessarily, ranking, like, films I was looking forward to this year, but I feel like it would have been number one, and I'm sure we'll talk about it at oh, some yeah. point in this episode. I mean, it's 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 a Spider-Man film. They're pretty solid most of the time, and all the rumors prior to the film coming out in like December, January. Oh yeah, in terms of the amount of hype that that film you know had built it's up, probably the biggest MCU film since Endgame came out, and mm, yeah, the first like... time in a while that I'd really been excited for been, something. Yeah, I've been excited for, for the MCU. a new MCU film. Yeah, definitely. Because I, after Endgame, I was kind of done. I was like, cool, we got Spider-Man, sweet. And then COVID happened and we didn't get anything Marvel-related for a year. And I was actually quite pleased. Oh, I was like, God. Words cannot describe how refreshing that was. And I, and I <laughs> like most year, of I, them. I didn't have to keep up with watching, I don't know, like Captain America 5, the yeah. Fantastic Four, or whatever, yeah. you know? And I was looking forward to a lot of that stuff, and but I was just very happy that I didn't have to see it now, that I could just sort of take time and just like. Not I, I, have yeah, to I, go could, see. I could go into the cinema and you think, oh, great, I get to watch a Spider-Man film rather than oh, got to watch another bloody Spider-Man film. Yeah, exactly. That was the thing too. Uh, but I was, I'll, well, I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. But I was, uh, I guess, I won't give away my feelings on the film yet. We'll just get to that later. Um, next, next up on my my list of anticipated films. Um, I don't think this has been particularly mentioned either, but I am I'm a massive Edgar Wright fan. Um, mm. And of course, his I mean, same here too. Came out this year. But you are again, I think four ten out of tens or something like that. Oh, who, yeah. Who's to say we may may touch on one in the episode? Yeah, oh, that's it's but yeah. It's I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in terms of. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He's only released one film this year. No, he hasn't. He's released two, actually. It's a mystery. Oh, it's yeah, the so Sparks which Brothers. Be? I won't say which one I forgot about. <laughs> um, although I can't really name the film now. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, well, the one I was looking forward to was Last Night in Soho. Mm. But, oh, what a, a disappointment. Or was it? Find mm, out. Yeah. I unfortunately did not get to see that in cinemas, and I had planned to, but time got away from me, and so I didn't see it, unfortunately. No time to watch Last Night in so <laughs> Okay, um, this might be a bit of an interesting one. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ooh, yeah, that is an interesting one. Because I hadn't really thought about it, and I kind of got swept up in the hype, and... I don't know if we're likely to talk about it because it's not in my top ten, and I don't think it's in yours either. It isn't, no. Okay. So I guess I'll just give my opinion on it now, and if you want to add stuff as well. Uh, I think yeah. it was a massive disappointment, <laughs> honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was crap. 
I um and and I'm not like and I don't mind Zack Snyder's other films. Like I think Batman v Superman is fine. Um, I think his Watchmen film is actually pretty good. It's decent. Yeah. Um, Army oh, of the I Dead, which that. came out, I thought that was also decent. Genuinely, um, I think that might be my favorite of his films. <laughs> Army of the Dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting choice because yeah, most I need people. To really what else he's done? Uh, he did. He did three hundred, didn't he? Uh, I'm not saying that. He yeah. did Dawn of the Dead. Dawn well, of the Dead. I mean, yeah, I prefer that to Army of the Dead. Yeah, uh, I I'm think a... is my favorite as well. Yeah, that's not a high bar, though, is it? <laughs> it's not exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I think I, I don't know if I'm just missing something, but everyone's talking uh, talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League like it was a completely new film, and I was like, yeah, and, and not just you know, it's the same drawing one. out you know another two hours of this film. Yeah, it's the same film, just twice in length, honestly. Yeah, like, just twice as long, and it's like, bloody hell, drop a bomb. It's the same story, more or less. Yep. It's just, yeah. hey, it's, let's yeah, add some it's, new it's characters. Basically, it, it, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, there's extra storylines that don't actually really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> they don't change the film at all. Oh, and let's set up for a sequel that's never going to happen, because obviously gonna it's not. Snyder, you idiot. And I don't understand this idea. And this, people are like, oh, come on, bring back the Snyderverse, make another one. It's like, no. No, why? You got what you wanted. Just like, leave it at that. Go home. It's like, you got the film you wanted. Is that not enough for you? Do you not. Do you just want him to keep making his <laughs> shit? Like. They did you a favor. They gave you this film. Now do us a favor and please just shut up. It's like. And. It's like, and it would be one thing too, by the way, I, I want to touch on this. If Zack Snyder was fired, okay, he was unjustly fired from Justice League, but he wasn't. He purposely chose to leave for very legitimate reasons, and I feel... Very, yeah, perfectly acceptable reasons. You know, his daughter had committed suicide, and I feel very bad for him. That doesn't mean what, that's Warner Brothers' fault that they had to get in, like, a new director to do some reshoots. Because it's not. Like, they just had... Well, I mean, do they have to do reshoots, though, to be fair? Yeah. Um, that is a bit the, debatable. Well, what, what, what you're mentioning his daughter, then, is actually a pretty good segue. I felt really bad after I watched this film. Um, Jesus. Because... Wow, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no I'll explain why. Yeah, um, please. Because, so, um, over the ending credits, he plays Alleluia, the you know, yeah. song. Um, and I was like, is he just taking the piss out of himself? He's already used that in, like, Watchmen. <laughs> Like, come oh. on, dude. And oh. I, I, I read about oh, it, and no. apparently it was his favourite song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. I'd already complained about this on the internet at that point, so I was oh, like, oh, no. oh, no. And if you've done it on the internet, it's there forever now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's that's me. Yeah, if I ever try to get a job down the line, they're going to say, oh. oh, I see here you were made fun of Zack Snyder. Not his daughter, you fucking bastard. You psycho, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like and also there's a but to talk about the film there's a black and white version too <laughs> oh my yeah what a, oh my so genuinely one of like my, simultaneously my favourite and least favourite things about the internet is the 
Christ-like following that Zack Snyder has. People that see him as this auteur that create, recreated or created his own genre. This messiah um, of filmmaking. Yeah. A, a modern-day... Brick, I Jesus. guess? Yeah. Yeah, Just compared more to or less. The geniuses. Jesus of... and Kubrick had a child and created Zack Snyder. <laughs> G- Jesus Kubrick. Um... <laughs> Um, and also, I think Zack Snyder in general is quite big into the Jesus stuff because he likes to throw Christianity stuff into these Superman mm. films. Yeah, that's um, a bit weird. Yeah, but yeah, like, I, I so today I, I watched the Joel Cohen's new film, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and that is it, black and white and the three by four ratio. Yeah, and I can just about go with that. It really works with you know the tone of that film. Yeah. But Zack Snyder does the same thing with one of his versions of yeah. um, Justice League. And that depresses me that I had to say one of his versions. You know, not only does he have the four-hour cut in colour, he has another one in black and white. Yeah, and it's so weird to me that I saw comments of people talking about it, and people are like, oh, I've watched it like four times already. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, how that's a that's third that's... of a day, no, two thirds of a day. Sorry. Yeah. Like, if you've seen you it four spe- times. Like, or so, I swear I saw something. It was someone was like, oh, I've seen it like eight times already. I'm like, how? Yeah. What do you do with your life that you can watch a four hour film like eight times? I don't understand. Really, nobody has said to you that life's too short if you've seen this film that many times. Yeah. Like, some of my favorite. I've barely watched any of my favorite films eight times. And they're like I, yeah, less than I, two I hours. Eight times, yeah, exactly. Like I think the closest would probably be Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. I, but I also... think for me, it's probably, it's probably like the Lion King for me because that was like a childhood classic. Oh yeah, um, there's probably some stuff from when I was younger. Yeah, like Lion King and yeah. Aladdin and stuff. I've probably watched a bunch, but like. But yeah, no, I think other than that, my contenders are probably the Great Cornetto trilogy. But the I've difference seen. between the Cornetto trilogy and Zack Snyder's Justice League is they're good. <laughs> And they so the, the, the difference, the, the longest of those three films, Hot Fuzz, is two hours long. Yeah. The difference between that and Zack Snyder's Justice League is two hours. Yeah, and also they warrant being watched again and again, so you get new things, you you get new jokes, so you there, get there, new... There are layers. Like... Whereas... <laughs> oh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, I just... It always annoys me when people talk about how good this film is, and I'm like, it's not, though. It's not, you idiots. You're wrong. And I remember DC posted a trailer for, like, um, a 4K Blu-ray of the Joss Whedon Justice League, and the like-to-dislike ratio is ridiculous. It's, like, 100K plus dislikes to, like, 3,000 likes, and I'm just like... (sighs) Why? I mean, how how do you feel about the the original Justice League? It's like I think I gave them both the same score. I think I put them both as like a six out of ten. But it's like I don't I, I, I've, really I've care that much. At six, um, but I've got the Snyder Cut as a five, yeah. and I will happily like say that. Yeah, the, the original. Yeah, and. It was also crazy because, like, Snyder's Justice League was in, like, the IMTB Top 250 at one point this year. Oh, yeah. I've, I've just gone on to look. Thank God it's not there anymore. Yeah. But it was for quite a while. Yeah. Like, I, like when it was first coming out, it was, like, like a nine-point something or other. 
Yeah, it was insanely popular. And then, as more people saw it, it's it still got like an eight point one or something stupid. Like it's got a pretty high score. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've just been ranting and yelling, but I a very angry start to this episode. I don't understand why. Why do yes. people think I'm the weird one? I'm like, I'm not the one. I it took me like three days to watch this film because it's four hours long. Yeah. I I, re- I regret that I did it all in one sitting. Like, I don't know how you did that. I I, can... I think that's the most like in touch with depression I've ever been. <laughs> like I can barely watch a two-hour film without having to take a small break in between. But that's usually to do something. But fuck yeah, it took yeah three days. We just stopped after like a couple chapters because it's, it's chapters. Ooh, it's like what? Oh yeah, cha- ooh, yeah. He's an author, he tells the film in chapters. Ooh, yeah, he's like Tarantino, yeah? Except yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, except he's got none of, like, exactly. the yeah. talent. Yeah, four hours. Yeah, four hours. <laughs> oh, Even I, Tarantino I thought... had the, the, like, smarts to be like, Kill Bill, well, actually, no, he didn't want to split in two parts, actually, never yeah, mind. Was... <laughs> never mind, forget that, forget I said luckily, that. He, luckily, he made Kill Bill at a time where he didn't have the street cred to be able to, you know, pump out a four That hour. is true. If he could, he absolutely would have. Never mind. He would Scra- scratch that. Forget. So next See, film on your three. list, number yeah. three. Um, yes. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgot that's what we were doing. I got so sidetracked by, <laughs> um, by Justice League um, and, and my anger for it. Um, yeah. So please talk about a good film now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, let me think. So what was coming out that I, I enjoyed and is actually good. Well, no. What were you um, looking forward to? It doesn't necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. Something that I've looked forward to that I can, you know, that pass off, you know, pass off as something that I enjoy. Something at least um, decent. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and avoid stuff that's in my my current top ten. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, have you seen Quiet Place Part Two? I have. Yes. Because I, I, you know, I quite enjoyed that. Um, hmm. I did you like the first I one? I like the first one. It's good. Yeah. It doesn't quite do it. Yeah. I. Uh... Uh, I think Quiet Place Part 2 is, is pretty good. I, I liked the first 10 minutes or so, when it's like the very beginning of the alien the attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really good stuff. I, I'd honestly quite like to see a full film of that. I do think they could absolutely do that for like a film, just have, you know, just them surviving the first couple days, having to survive with these creatures that can hear like you can do it as like a proper proper slasher film you know you yeah exactly have a group of characters that you spend the film with and they yeah. you know the numbers start dwindling as the film yeah. goes on yeah it doesn't even have to be john krasinski it can be like a completely yeah. different group of people and oh i've had an idea yeah i was, I, I, I just saw you know you'd think oh well you know there's no stakes because you know they're probably not going to survive because they're not john krasinski but what if, you know, because they are planning to make A Quiet Place Part 3. Yes. What if, like, you have, you know, a character survive at the end or something, and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, he is, you know, becomes a, an instrumental part of A Quiet Place Part 3. Yeah, oh, kind of... yeah, you could do it like that. It could work. Yeah. They'd have to make it first, though, wouldn't they? Like... Yeah, no, you'd have to make it as a, yeah, a prequel that, you a know, prequel, is made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I quite liked it. I felt the third act... I felt like the film kind of reached an end point and then kind of progressed. Went past it. Then kind of went a little bit longer and I was like, don't know if I needed the last 15 minutes. I get sort of what they were going for, but it felt like you've wrapped up this story. 
you've sort of ended the story here yeah and you're and just extending it a little bit more like you could have that be the beginning of like the next one you know if you yeah. wanted but and, and and then like when it actually reaches its real ending the film yeah. just stops yeah it just is like oh that's the end it's like yeah and you can go home now yeah it's We've led you on enough that yeah it's like... very much a case of like you could have done something more there but you didn't but you didn't i um... think the first one's better personally um, I prefer the the second. One. I think it kind of clicked with me a bit more because I, I really like Killian Murphy, um, mm. his role. Um, and also I just you know I, I liked the the expansion of the world. Mm. Um, although I do have to say that neither of these films have really you know fully you know gra- grabbed hold of me in the way that they have for yeah. some people. Um, yeah, no, I get that. And, and not to hate on him, but maybe we need somebody other than John Krasinski. Um, <laughs> to write and direct or just like to write or uh, i'm fine with his direction it's nothing amazing but it's fine um it but yeah i think the, what it needs bring somebody be. bring somebody who is you know who's, who's gonna think really in depth about what you can do with this world yeah um and let him go to town you know yeah and uh, for me i know you're you're not gonna like this one dune oh boy oh boy <laughs> <laughs> i knew yeah uh so mm. For, for context, I think it's f- decent. I don't think it's amazing. Uh, I think people proclaiming it to be a masterpiece are r- ridiculous and mental. But it's solid, in my opinion. I think it's fine. Barney does um, not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, just just League, it's not a cut. That was that was four hours long. This film's only two and a half. Yes. And yet it felt like five hours. I, I will give you that. It does drag on quite a bit at points. And I was thinking, yeah. man, are we getting to the end? Because it but, feels yeah. like it should oh, be. About five times throughout this film, I thought, okay, it's wrapping up. Yeah. And then there's another however long a film. And I, I I just realized that, you know, this is my life now. I now live in a world where Dune is just co- continuing. We know some people who were n- uh, not very big fans of it either. Yeah, oh, thank. Yeah, that made me very happy that yeah. we have people that yeah. I can, you know, team up with to. I, uh, list, like. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to hear what you, you have to say. Yeah, I felt... I'm not saying this to, you know, because, you know, I think, you know, I, I mean, I do think it's shit, but I'm not saying it just to be awkward. Um, but I, I, want, I genuinely want to know what, why somebody would like this film. <laughs> uh, I, I need, I, I need uh, to be... So, I had planned at the beginning of the year to read the book, and I didn't. I read, I read some of it, I read the first, like, chapter or so, and I didn't finish. And so... In the, I, the at the beginning is a massive exposition dump, uh, and I put in the book yeah. it just opens with like Paul's um test where he's got like the hand in the box. Okay, I'll be honest. I found it really funny that the main character's name is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I. That is weird. How the main character's got the most basic like white person name, and everyone else has oh. got like fucking. Yeah, they they've got space names. They've Although space names. Same, same can be said for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I guess that's because the name doesn't necessarily. It's well, it's a memorable name for like the main character, so you can remember them easily. I guess is a sort of way to justify it. I guess. Yeah, no, it's just kind of a name that in, instead of calling him something like like Jathak or something. And, yeah, exactly. Know, alien word. 
like in other sort of sci-fi properties stuff like firefly the main character's name is malcolm it's a pretty pretty simple name star trek you know you've got kirk kirk yes. you know one syllable in yeah, other star treks yeah. you know you've got picard simple name you know that, that one's a, a little bit a little know, bit more but it's his it's like jean-luc picard yeah you know it yeah but it, just because it's because his name was paul i was expecting him to have mates called john ringo and george Oh, now that would be good. Space Beatles. Yes, that would that actually would be good. So I felt, I mean, I personally thought the performances were, well, they ranged from decent to serviceable. I felt. Um, I didn't care for any. I mean, I don't think any of them were. I do I? <laughs> I don't know. I. I, I, I don't dislike... Again, do I? I didn't like any of them, but I don't have any strong feelings of hate towards mm. any of the performances. Uh, I was like, well done, you remembered the lines, although nobody seemed to be trying, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> Unless it was actually uh, just Denny Villeneuve uh, that was like, everyone deliver your lines as if you you know, you know just don't care. Because everyone's uh, like... I've, yeah. I've actually got a question. Because oh, no. I haven't... I haven't really seen anything else from Denny Villeneuve. Do you have a dislike of any of his other films at all, or...? Um, well, it's actually... I've, I've only seen three of his films, I'm going to say, and it's actually quite a nice spread, because mm. I don't like this. I'm kind of... You know, in, in between on Blade Runner 2049. Um, yeah. And then I, I really like uh, Arrival. Um, mm. I think it's a very good film. Mm. So okay. I find so it... It's not a... Yeah. It's not to do with the director slash writer. No, yeah, I I think it's just to the due to the fact that it's. Yeah, uh, I felt. I mean, I know you didn't. You could not be asked to go see this in a cinema. You decided yeah, to watch no. it. Yeah, I, I I committed a crime. Um, I mean, yeah, I I saw it in a cinema and I felt visually, it was very impressive to see it in a cinema just sort of the scale of it really was enhanced i guess by it the sort of stuff of them like flying above like the sand worms and i mean know. yeah that that did occur to me maybe seeing this in a cinema you know would benefit my experience and yeah. maybe i should have done that to begin with because i was invited to go see it in the cinema and i was like no yeah <laughs> uh you know Deep down in my in my heart, I know I couldn't quite bring myself to watch Dune again. Uh, I thought, like in terms of like the action, I th I felt they that was very well choreographed and sequenced. A lot of the time, I felt the final sort of duel between Paul and that guy. Yeah, he has to fight some some dudes. Some yeah, sort of I initiative. I thought that worked pretty well. Um, I I don't think. That Denis Villeneuve, uh, the Villeneuve. Dennis, Den, Dennis, Dennis the Menace. Um, um, I I don't think he's really an action person. Mm. I think he, from what I know of his work, they're all very you know philosophical yeah, and think like and prisoners. And it was like a sort of a crime drama, but it's not. Yeah, really like got action. Yeah, and um, Blade Runner. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure it isn't 
really like that. And I don't. It's, not, it's not a big action film. Though. And Arrival um, isn't really like that, from what I know of it. Either. Yeah, no, and Arrival's definitely not. Um, and like, I just kind of get the feeling that you know, his sort, his style of direction doesn't really match action because it's not particularly <clears throat> energetic. It's not particularly like you know. It's more slow and methodical. And... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I guess. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I've, I've I need all... to watch the rest of his films to really kind of plant my flag where I think yeah. I'll land. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought sort of in terms of like costumes and makeup and production I, production design, I thought were all very good. I don't know how accurate they are to the book, but they I thought mm. they all looked visually very well done. Yes, the desert. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, the I stuff mean, in the yeah. desert is, I mean, it is just the desert, but I mean, like, the inside stuff, you know? The, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, when I, and... going into this film, I did think, I don't think this will be a film that I'll particularly, you know, dig, but I think I will at least appreciate, you know, On a the craft. level? And I didn't even really get that. Mm. I was just kind of like, eh. <laughs> I, I think I was just really tired, <laughs> you know, about, you know, getting about half an hour into this film and I was exhausted you know it, it going to what we do in the shadows it's like Colin Robertson it's like an energy vampire <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analogy I wonder if anyone will get that yeah well hey if you don't get listening. it watch what we do in the shadows yeah they just finished you filming won't. season 4 so it'll be out oh, yeah. relatively yeah they finished filming it like a few weeks like a week or two ago so very good. Uh, I'll get on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just thought it was fine. It wasn't particularly amazing, but I, I didn't think uh, your distaste for the film was necessarily warranted. Uh, I mean, I, I will say, going in, I didn't think this film would be for me. Mm, and you know, maybe that's what. Kind of... If anything, I've just proven my own point that I should just kind of stay away from this sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll oh, see of course, part okay. two when it comes out. I was just going to say, I haven't even touched on my anger that there's going to be another one. <laughs> it's so weird, because um, it wasn't... It's, like, it's probably going to break three hours. Probably. I mean, this film was, what, two and a half hours? And it's yeah. only half of a, of a singular book. So. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other Dune books? Um, I... Don't, I feel like I read something that there might be sequels, but I don't know if they've got like the same characters in it. Yeah. Oh, there are. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I don't know if Paul's in all of them or if he's just in. Oh uh, well, I don't care for him as a protagonist anyway. Yeah. So. Oh, and um, I felt I felt the score was also pretty <laughs> decent as well. It's not Hans Zimmer's um... best. But it, it didn't was... jump out at me as being like, wow, what a soundtrack. You know, some kind of people in the chorus all kind of go like, ah, uh, every now and then. Yeah, but it's, it's very, like a... very like Wonder Woman, but, you know, yeah. not as unbearable as that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it, yeah, a lot of it just kind of passed over me, and I was like, oh, the film's still going. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's my, well, I, yeah, this film put me into, like, a, a comatose state. Hmm. Where I couldn't quite bring myself to turn it off, but at the same time, I yeah. Uh, so um, now, uh, you've got yeah, we've got we've got two more each to talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, I've I've come to my my fourth one. Um, yeah. And it's not one where I was like, oh, 
can't wait for this film. But it was like, oh yeah, no, that's gonna, I, I, you know, I remember that's coming out. That should be all right. Um, the French Dispatch. Hmm. Yes, Wes Anderson's new film new, that was new meant film. to come out last year, but yeah. was delayed. Uh, um, yeah, I thought it was it, pretty decent. It's probably it's, yeah, it's, the it's, weakest of his three fi- of his films I have seen. I haven't seen many, but it's probably the weakest one. Um, I think I agree. Um, mm. I've not seen many of his. I've seen four mm. of his films. Possibly, f- actually, no. This is the fifth. I think I've seen. Grand Budapest Hotel, um, Isle of Dogs, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I prefer this to Moonrise Kingdom. I think probably his best... I've only seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, French Dispatch, and Grand Budapest Hotel. I think Budapest Hotel's probably his best one, uh, but still incredibly overrated, though. Like, Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if anything, I seeing as it... I, I think that's really the only film of his that gets really talked about a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so Oscar, I, I guess, like, it was I, Best Picture. Yeah, first, I, like, I guess I would picture. argue that, you know, one of his films that I consider to be my, my favourite is arguably underrated, and I, I'm a fantastic Mr. Fox kind of guy myself. Mm. I haven't, I watched it, I watched that when I was like six, so I... Oh yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a good long while, but, yeah. you know... I mean, I was like, I was just looking forward to it because I was a fan of the book. Because I'm a role, I yeah, guess, exactly. reading role doll. So, uh, yeah, French Dispatch I thought was fine. I felt I, I, I feel like the uh, having it split into segments is yeah. to its benefit. Yeah, I, um, I personally prefer, think the best one for me was the one with Benicio del Toro. I agree. I thought it was a bit weird when they had I forgot the act. I don't know how to pronounce the actress's name. Leia Sedu. Yeah, and she's just like naked. Yeah, there's a really little point being naked. Like, okay, this is interesting. I I had a friend who saw this film with his family. Um, <laughs> oh no! Did so he... that was a fun experience. For yeah. Him, so oh, that's know. always awkward. It's always awkward when they have something. Like, yeah, no, it's a like... classic meme. Like you know, when two people kiss in a movie, just ah yes, this floor is made out of floor. Yeah, and you don't make eye contact. It's like nope. Nothing's happening right now. I'm just turning to look away. Yes. Oh, what's that? Somebody is calling me. Oh well. Oh, guess I've got to go. I'll be back in a minute. Guess I gotta look away from the movie with the woman. Oh no! I missed this scene. Whatever will I do? Gosh, heck it. Yeah. Um. I felt. Yeah. Thought it was fine. Didn't think it was. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel that way about a lot. I mean, even the films of his that I really like. You know, I, I do enjoy Isle of Dogs, Grand Budapest, and um, I Fantastic Mr. Fox a lot. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, cool. He has made a film. Well done. Yeah. Wes. I have a gold star. Yeah. A winner is you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You get a tick next to your name on the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so for me, number four on my list, Luca, Pixar's offering this year. Uh, um, I'm I'm always interested in seeing what Pixar dove does. Dove. Yeah, yeah, definitely dove. Yes, the Pixar dove. Um, every year they probably make one of the best films of the year, and we'll see if um, that no, happens. I think most I mean, years they make at least a contender for best of the they, year. They usually make one film that is, you know, around or in my top ten. Like, um, last year there was Soul. I didn't really care for Onward that much. 
Onward was fine. Then there was Toy Story 4, then Incredibles 2, which was a, a massive disappointment. Oh, finally, Com- something was. <laughs> comparatively speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a good film, but, you know. Still, can, yeah, yeah, still good. I still I like it, but incredible. I was yeah. expecting, like, oh, it's one of the best films of the year, and it wasn't. It just kind of wasn't, but, yeah, yeah Luca. Um, uh, I thought it was the most, one of the most light Pixar films. Like, it's not really a major story. It's not like Wally, where you're going into space and trying to save the Earth, or... Exactly, yeah, it's, like, not trying... It's not saying anything particularly new like it's yeah. just kind of oh be accepting of other people kind of um, yeah. Or, yeah. um whereas like... yeah it's not it's not like wally where it's being like don't get fat and lazy and pollute earth yeah. or like and it's not, and it's not like um oh what's the oh, there's something else i it's just gone out of my mind that had a, a real kind of subtext to it but it's gone so yeah. uh i appreciated that it was ju- yeah because soul as well was like a big deal like a oh, massive yes all get oh and inside out that's kind of from yeah. the same sort of area they get very kind of like and, and like looking at what is life the human condition and sort of the human sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. ways we live but the this mind. is just like it's just kids who want to it's like just these two kids who want to win a vespa <laughs> Yeah, like, they want to get a motorbike to go driving around Italy. and it's like you know a good it's just like night it's like 95 minutes you know an hour and a half it's, and it's, you can... it's a soft remake of call me by your name i haven't seen that but well it's it... basically this but gay and with a much older man and uh yeah well yes that's um and you know, obviously you know it's, played it's, by... this isn't about love yeah. in that way but you yeah. know it's like i said yeah. a soft remake yeah an older man played by a, a bad person <clears throat> yes, man said some bad things, and accused of bad things. <clears throat> um, I thought the villain was so cartoonishly evil that I kind of loved him. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he showed up, and I was like, oh, okay. And then by the end of the film, I was like, this guy's the best. He's so unnecessarily mean to these like ten-year-olds. But I, know, I was like, he's a, he's such a you know. Often I will refer to, you know, the villain of a film as the villain. Yeah. This is the sort of guy that I refer to as a villain, you know? Yeah. And I just love that he is just, like, he he wants to win this race for children that, like, they yeah. somehow... And I watched this with my family, and they were sort of like, oh, why is the villain, you know, like this? Why is he still competing in these kids' races? And I'm like, because it's amazing. It's the dumbest thing, but... I love that Pixar's willing yeah, to be like, let's just do a dumb animal. film with like a villain that makes no sense. Let's just have him be silly and fun. For yeah, the... Exactly. For once, you know, like, yeah, I say for once, you know, but in quite a rare occasion, the the villain isn't, you know, b- before he finds out that like the main characters are like mer people, um, mm. he, basically his villainous goal is just to win a bike race. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, he, I... he's bas- he's basically any cyclist in that co- that competes. Yeah, and I just love that he's you know, because Pixar is very hit or miss with villains. Sometimes, sometimes they get some really great ones, like Lotso in Toy Story Lotso Three and um, Water Noose in Monsters Inc. But in this, yeah, and here he's just kind of, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just like a villain. Who is just who loves being a villain and is just really entertaining. He's just a dickhead. Yeah, 
and that's fine. And this film didn't need a big like, oh, there's a twist villain. Whoa. Because yeah. like, I'm, I'm sick if, of if, if this villain. was Disney, you know, you'd, the the villain would be the disgruntled sibling of exactly, someone. yeah. I'm twist villains are so annoying, especially in kids films because it's off so often like, oh, I wonder who it could be. Oh, it's the kids of the parents who were who failed to be saved by superheroes. What? What? <laughs> oh no, the twist. You know, like in Big Hero 6, it's like, oh, it's the teacher who lost his daughter because of this other guy. Somebody who, quote unquote, died. Yeah. Yeah. What a surprise. Oh, my... I am bowled over in shock. Oh, my God. It's that ginger guy who wanted to marry Anna. <laughs> He's the bad guy now in the last Sorry, for 15... a moment, I thought you were talking about The Incredibles. And I was like, that's not really a twist, is it? No. Well, I mean... I know that. That's right. That kind of is. But... The Incredibles villain is kind of a twist, but it's a bit different because of like how they handle yeah. it. It's not like he's been played off as a good guy. Yeah, exactly. He's just disappeared, and we think, oh, it's like, it's, like it's like, oh my gosh, it's that guy from the start. Okay, yeah, cool. exactly. That's different than Frozen, which is just like, hey, you know the guy who has been a good guy this entire movie. Now he's just gonna that's let these people movie. die. He's gonna let this woman freeze to death. And he's gonna go stab this woman, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's gonna officially like cut somebody open on the ice, like jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was very. You know, yeah, I love it's, that. It's weird to say, but to say, say how simple, simplistic it is, it is honestly quite you know a breath of fresh air for Pixar. Yeah, because it's not being like, hey, think about your emotions and think about your worth as a human being. Yeah, it's and, not the usual Pixar thing of like, what if insert inanimate object was human? Yeah, it's, you know, or like, what if you know your emotions were like the main characters? Oh, that, that, have you seen the meme? Where it's like, you know, Pixar. You know, what if monsters had emotions? What if cars had emotions? What if your emotions <laughs> had, had emotions? emotions? Yeah, uh, and like Coco as well is like a fucking like when you break it down is a really dark film like it's a really depressing film like it's about like the entire film is essentially about death (laughs) like it's it's a day that sell you know about the day of the dead yeah and it was just a breath of fresh air to see a pixar film be like now let's just have kids playing you know they want to win a vespa you remember children yeah childhood oh fun yeah uh, one more honorable mention each from the both of us. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I'm gonna, uh, okay. This, this is one that for me it wasn't like a person, like, oh boy, oh boy, can I wait for, can't I wait for this film? Mm-hmm. It, it was just kind of a general event that I think people were looking forward to. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, I have unfortunately not found the time to see it, but oh. I do want to see it. Well. I, I'll keep my yeah, spoilers to myself. Um, yeah. I mean, I think by this point, I'll be honest. I'm these films are very up and down for me. I don't like the first Godzilla. I really like um, the 2014 Godzilla, right? Yes, yeah, 2014 yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah the, the new MonsterVerse film. So yeah, oh, not yeah. Not, a fan, not a fan of 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, really like Kong Skull Island. Kind of me on Godzilla two. Yeah. Um. Then I I I like this. I guess. Hmm. 
you know, I, I think it's dumb monster stuff. Mm. Um, I do think it's weird when there's the criticism against these films, like, oh, there's not really that much story or characters, and it's like, of course there's not. People don't care about that. They just want to see... It's a giant monkey fighting a giant lizard. <laughs> That's what people want. As long as you get that, people will be it's... happy. Yeah, exactly. I didn't go into this film expecting, like, a pre-title sequence with, you know, King Kong with his, you know, niece, you know, sitting outside the front of their giant mansion. Like, oh, yeah, so I have a terrible story about the time that I went to battle with a giant lizard, you know, and getting all emotional and having PTSD. No, it's about a giant monkey fighting a lizard. Come on. No, it goes all Titanic. There's something missing in the ocean, and and they get Godzilla on board. Yeah, I love once flashback. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, um, and you know, it's not trying to be anything particularly deep and amazing. No, and, I assume it's I mean, not. I'd be surprised if it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not like Batman v Superman, where it's like King Kong says Martha and Godzilla's. Like, <laughs> <"Do you what?" laughs> yeah, nah. Although this film does enter some like area areas where it it kind of stops being dumb and becomes clinically insane <laughs> um, <laughs> like it to did a get... point that's too far um almost it just about retains it um but it, 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 this is one of a few films that has like made me audibly react like what <laughs> like it, yeah I, I've never quite had a like moment of like oh my god this film is so brilliant yet so dumb yeah Nah, it's fair enough. That seems to be a, a general consensus from a a lot of people who yeah. see these films and, and like these films. Uh, so my final film for anticipated of this year, and it's one that I'm pretty sure we've both seen, uh, Encanto, which I watched yes. yesterday. Um, I really, really liked it. And then the last couple minutes kind of ruin the entire point of the film. It undermines it big time. Like, okay, since we've both seen it, I'm going to put a brief spoiler warning. So if you haven't seen it, spoilers, skip ahead like five or so minutes and it should be fine. Um, So like, they lose their powers and I was like, okay, cool. But I, yeah, okay, I, so, yeah, yeah. That, that, it's a film about a family. They all have magical powers apart from this one person. And by the end of the film, oh no, they've lost them. Yes. Yeah, so I had heard someone. T- I had heard someone that we know was like, "Oh, the film was great," and then the end, last minute or so, kind just defeats the entire purpose. And so going in, I already had preconceived notions of like, "Oh," and, and I actually predicted like, "Okay, they're gonna lose their powers, or something's gonna happen to their powers, and then they're gonna like get them back, back or whatever." And I was like, yeah. "All right, cool." Because I, I was thinking, I, I, like, I'd forgotten about that until around the point that they lost their powers, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, well, they're gonna come back, aren't they?" Yeah. And I was kind of like, and it was getting towards the end of the film, and I'm like, "Okay, nothing's happened yet." And I had kind of sort of forgotten, like, "Oh, he said it's like literally in like the last minute or two that this thing happens," and I was like, "Okay." And so we had paused it because uh, we were watching with some other people. They had to go home, and they wanted to also remember what at like a what placement it was so they could watch it at home um and so there's like 40 minutes left and then we pause it a little bit later because someone had to go to bed and we're like oh there's 25 minutes we played and then like seven more minutes of film happen and then it's like 18 minutes of credits or whatever and i was like holy shit 
Like, that's yeah. insane. Long credits. Yeah. I saw this in the cinema, so I had no idea how long the credits were. That is true, yeah. If you see it at a cinema, you don't have to be like... You... That can get annoying. I will say this, I love going to a cinema, but it is a pain when you have to use the bathroom and you can't pause. Yeah, that's why I just don't... You know, I, I've become in control of my... Yeah, I, I rarely drink water. I usually go to the bathroom before I see a film and I drink, like, a little bit. And if I feel like it's getting close to the end, I'll drink a little bit more and I'm like, okay, the film's about to end and I'll just, like, finish my water or whatever. Yeah, if, if I have a drink, you know, I'll, I, I go to the toilet before I go into the movie and then I get a drink that I can, you know used to sustain myself throughout the film and then yeah. by that point i can have a post um film trip to the bathroom yeah that's usually what it is unless it's like something i've seen before like i um like if i go to see a film a second time it's like okay i know what time i can leave now so yeah you can find your bathroom breaks yeah um i thought the songs were really good i felt they were really catchy the this um i, I don't know what they're called but this the song from Louisa, the strong one, and strong the song one? from Isabella. Is she like the perfect one? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I really liked her song as well. I so that I I just I I enjoy those songs. Although mm. that first one, I had it went full Lin Manuel Miranda, and it was sung so quickly that I didn't know. Oh what was yeah. Said. Well, we had yeah the subtitles on, so we could read it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think we might be slacking off Lin-Manuel Miranda in this episode a little bit, possibly, maybe. Um, I mean, I think his stuff in Moana is is some of the best Disney songs ever, I, in my uh, opinion. Genuinely, I can, yeah, I can say that 100%. I think that might be his best work, as mm. far as I'm concerned. Because uh, I'm aware you're not a fan of Hamilton. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Hamilton, and I'm not a big fan of In the Heights, which came out as a film yeah. this year. Um, yes, I think I've mentioned this to you, but I've tried watching the Hamilton pro shot, and I've gotten like 18 minutes in, and I've had to stop. There's there's, a, there's one good song. Mm. Um, that's because it's an actual song. Um, <laughs> rather, rather than, yeah, I mean, not to slag off rap, but you know, I no. can't hum that crap. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like rap music, can, but it's hum. not like the most like oh yeah i can hum along to it or like i can like, like... see if i'm going to a musical I, I want to be able to like remember the song that's like the yeah. big part of yeah part of the, the musical you know experience um and then i'm just kind of sat there and the only thing i can remember is a the king going da 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 da, da that one mm. or i can i just have alexander hamilton <laughs> stuck in my head that, those two words and that's it yeah well because well, that's, that's the, the bit, bit where it all slows down, down. <laughs> and it just yeah, yeah. Did, Did he, he do, do the, the music, music for Vivo, Vivo as well? I feel like he was involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was also poor. And uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. I, I think, think he might have had an original, original song in there, possibly. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but apart from that, I think it's all... Um, it's all, like, like based off, off the actual musical, which, which we, we might, might talk about later. Ooh. Ooh. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but whenever we're, like, foreshadowing, we turn into ghosts. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know why, why we did that. We've been haunted by the future. Uh, Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Ooh. Um, no, no, I thought, thought it was... was I, I, I actually really, really liked it. I thought it was really sad. Like, when Yeah, no, genuinely. Her like, when, when her grandmother's like... like I was thinking, like, oh, she's, she's just... They just, just don't care for her because she's, she's not special. Yeah, this is stone cold, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
like I think that I can't remember what the song's called, but it's when so there's this the, the whatever the youngest sibling is, he finds out he can talk to animals and stuff, and they're all having a big celebration. Yeah. And the main character goes off and has a sing, and like mm. she like one of the lines is "I'm not fine," and yeah. I was just like, "Oh, sweetie." Fucking <laughs> hell, yeah. Uh, I, I always there's always songs where I'm just like, like Jesus Christ, like, like um, I've, I've been, been listening, listening to a lot of Bo Burnham music recently, recently and I really like it. it. But, but so, so much, much of it, it is just depressing and, like, a little too relatable at times. It's depression disguised as comedy. Yeah. And, and he's got songs like, oh, like, like, I don't think that I can handle this right now. now. And he's like, oh, you know, yeah, look at these people, people, you know, laughing at this kid with a declining mental health while he's trying to give them, like, stuff that he cannot give himself. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, that hits me a little too, like, that hits me. I'm not in, like, that position but, but I, I can, can kind of relate to, like, I've sort of had bits where I'm, like, I'm not, to, like, to that level, of course. I'm not perform- I'm not going on stage and performing songs with people, but I do have sort of thoughts of, like, man, you know, I'm trying to help, like, make these people have a good time and laugh and whatever, and I'm just sort of here, like, you know, a bit, you know. This is very serious. <laughs> this is very, very serious. But, but you, you know, know that happens. happens. So with with Encanto, um, mm. there, I I love a good dysfunctional family thing. Oh, that's that's, that's a classic, classic like trope um, of just just Disney actually. Like so many Disney yeah. films have got dysfunctional families. Usually, there's lots of dead parents in most yeah, of them. Strange, strangely, nearly all of the family is alive in this film. Um, yes, except well, except for the grandfather. Yes, um, but and, he well, and, and and another member of the family whose fate is mysterious. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, it this happens every time I watch a dysfunctional family thing. But in mm. my head, I just hear it. now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, the one daughter, uh, no choice but to them all together. Yeah. Uh, arrest development is brilliant. Um, and actually, I'll I'll touch on that on this in a second. Yeah, I thought. This might have the best animation of any film this year, genuinely. Like it just it was vibrant um, and had colors and yeah. Oh, dude, there's so much energy behind pretty much everything yeah. in this film. And everything looked like Disney's at a point right now where their animation is like pretty much the best animation in town. Like there's so few films that can create like equally good animation in comparison you know like the last example I could think of like a non-Pixar slash Disney film that had better animation than like Disney's offering was probably Into the Spider-Verse I would argue um but Disney is just like at a point where like their computer animation is like perfect you know yeah pretty much. amazing yeah um and it's yeah, I, I just love... And I do like that Disney... And, well, I mean, Pixar's been doing this for pretty much ever. Because Pixar, basically, very few of the characters are about, like, white people, if that makes sense. Like, it's always, like, there's toys, and there's monsters. Disney or... doesn't... Disney and Pixar don't make films about white people anymore. That is true. They've sort of moved beyond that. They're like, being diverse. You know, yeah. Work. Yeah, like... Because even a lot of the time, it's not even humans in like in Pixar stuff. It's like not even humans. Like in Onward, it's like elves and t- trolls and all that you know mythical mm. shit. And I mean, Toy Story, there are you know white characters in it, but it's mainly about these toys, you know. And, I was gonna say that's irrelevant, you know. Yeah, and and Soul is well. I mean, 
it makes sense that it's you know it's New York. Is it? It is New York, isn't it? I think it's New York. Yeah. Yeah, and there's you know lots of people of color in New York. Makes sense. And Luca's in Italy. Italy, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's close enough, I guess, but it's not like you know America, I guess. Yeah. Thanks, Italy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Well, because yeah, they I, eat I, pasta and stuff. People, yeah, speak, people speak with Italian accents. So. Yeah. Uh, but Luca and Canto, uh, uh, my second favorite animated film of the year. Ooh. Foreshadowing. Um, yes. Before we move on to the top tens, uh, I earlier today watched a f- the new Aaron Sorkin film, Being the Ricardos, which is uh, an honorable mention. And the actress who plays Maybe from Arrested Development is in it. I, I've seen also that. Isn't, like, Buster in it? Yes, Buster's in it. He's, like, um, one of the head, like, showrunners of um, I Love Lucy. Yeah, I Love Lucy is the Lucy yeah, yeah. show. And um, the actress who plays Maybe, her character is basically just I'm Maybe. I'm sorry, did you, did you say Lucille? Lucille. Well... It's Arrested Development. Arrested Development. But, um... Her character is basically Maybe's character when she's working at the film studio, just <laughs> as an adult. Like but I was, maybe it's like yeah, essentially. So yeah. that was something I just noticed. I was like, did they do that on purpose, or is that just is very that just happy, coincidence? happy coincidence that hey, she played, she pretended on Arrested Development to you know be part of yeah. the film studio, and now she's. This is, this is like a, an Arrested Development joke. You know, it's like yeah. come circle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just a point. Uh, being the Ricardo's uh, weakest of Aaron Sorkin's directorial efforts, I think Molly's Game is by far his best work as a director. Hmm. I'd probably argue The Social Network is his best script. Not Social Network. But I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah, no, I, I'm not of that mind. Yeah. So now we're moving on to the top ten. So how are we going to do this? Are we just going to alternate back and forth, or because there's, I feel like there's going to be some crossover with some films. Yeah, I, I think back and forth. Is so back and forth. Think. Okay. Uh, well, since you went first for the honorable mentions, should I go first for my top ten? Why the hell not? All right. So at number ten, we've got King Richard. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, and you haven't seen it, so. I'm going to avoid spoilers, but I will talk about it. So it's about, um, well, Serena Williams, Serena Venus Williams' dad. Yes. And I saw a thing on Twitter where someone was like, oh, why is this film being made about, you know, Serena Williams' dad or whatever? And someone pointed out like, oh, well, they are producing this. Like they made this film. So, and they talk about their dad being like, the one who sort of pushed them and like sort of made them get into tennis so it makes sense that the film's about him i'm, I'm aware of a line from the trailer where he says i've had their careers planned out since before they're even born yeah um so yeah the film is a lot yeah it's it's mostly about him but it's also about him you know coaching venus and serena williams who by the way i was unaware that Serena Williams had another had a sister who was also a famous tennis player so that was a bit of a shock I think I knew that there was a, a Venus Williams I just haven't made the connection yeah uh, so there's lots of stuff uh, Will Smith is really good in it um, the the front runner right now for best actor 
at the Oscars. Mm. Um, and I think if he did win, it wouldn't be... Well, there's a performance I prefer and we'll get to, but I wouldn't have a problem with him winning. Uh, he's very good in it. He doesn't do like the usual Will Smith thing. It's a very serious performance. He's not going. Yeah, it's like uh, I've heard it's like um, the Pursuit of Happiness, which is another Will Smith mm. dramatic. Role. Yeah, or like um, oh, what's that one he did? Concussion, I think, is the one where he's like. Is this, there's a film where it's like about f- concussions in football players, and he's like a doctor, oh, like a Nigerian oh, that, doctor. That, or something. that does sound familiar. Yeah. Or or that one episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, his dad. Hmm. Uh, which is probably the best episode of the show. Um, There's also uh, Anjanou Ellis in it as his wife, whose name I've forgotten, unfortunately. She's also really good in it as well. Mrs. Williams. Mrs. Williams, yeah. Uh, She's very good in it as well, a big contender for supporting actress. But I also want to throw out the two young actresses who play Venus and Serena are also very good in it. Um... This this is a film that I really want to watch just because yes. I've you know I've seen the trailers yeah and you know the acting does seem like it's done to a really high quality so. yeah I I don't know how much to say because you you want to see it so I'm trying to avoid like spoilers if that's based off a real I story mean, it's based on a true story yeah. but you know I don't know the true I story, guess that, so. that going into it there was stuff that I was sort of expecting to happen I was sort of expecting it to focus on certain stuff that it didn't I guess is the best way I can put it like there yeah. was stuff sort of that happens and I'm like there are times where it's like okay I can kind of see where this is going but I also am like but as it though because this is based on real life so maybe it doesn't go like this you know it's that sort of yeah, thing yeah fiction does not play by the rules of storytelling yeah. um but i thought it was a very enjoyable film and uh if i'm gonna put a number um it's an eight out of ten if i was to put a number on it which i'm going to so <laughs> very good very good uh your number 10 okay my number 10 is west side story I have not seen this yet. Um, my yesterday, my grandma invited me to go see it with her at some point when I'm available to see it. Right. Well, like likewise, I, do you know how much do you know about West Side Story? Um, I mean, it's Romeo and Juliet, essentially, isn't it? Like more or less, yeah. But I don't know how. I, I don't think. I mean, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm not I, I will sure. I won't say to what degree. It, yeah, because I'm not sure if they both kill themselves at the end or not, like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, oh. Or if it... Who is to say? Who yeah, to... I just know that they're like two, yes, you know, people, uh, two, two lovers from two rival gangs. Oh. Yes, yes, I'm aware of that part of the story. Um, oh, I haven't seen the the, the original. Um, I was yeah. going to, but then I feel like I left it a bit too soon, um, mm. and I. I didn't really want to watch the same film twice in one day, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I just saw this. Um, and I, I, I had a much better time than I was expecting to have. Mm. Um, a lot of people from sort of outwardly seem to be really liking it, surprisingly enough. Yeah, um, to say it's a remake. Um, yeah, I felt like well, a lot of people... Maybe, maybe, or when you know people watch a remake and decide that they like it, they say, oh, no, it's not a remake, it's just another adaptation. But... Yeah. So is it? I mean, I assume. I mean, the story is the same. Like it's very much a. Um, yeah. I for some reason I I didn't think I was a hundred percent aware that it was a Romeo and Juliet thing, but then like 
the moment I read about the film before I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Um, yeah. So there were bits that I was like, okay, I can kind of get an idea of where the plot goes. Um, mm. um, and to say that I kind of, you know, was a couple of steps ahead of the plot before I even reached those points, I was still, you know, very engrossed by it. Um, mm. I have how... to say, and this isn't the, it's not the film. Yep. Uh, sorry, uh, how, were, how was it, like, performance-wise? Because I know... Um... The two female, well, two of the main females, Rachel Zegler and Ariana DuBose, are big awards contenders and big right, favorites. Like, to I, win. I need to quickly Google who, which one Ariana. Uh, oh, her. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, no, Um, because like, Rachel Zegler is the main one. She, yeah, she is Maria. The, Maria, the, yeah. The love interest. She was very good. I enjoyed her. Um, I mean, I enjoyed most people in this film. There, there weren't any performances that I was like, wow, give them an Oscar. Um. <laughs> What did you but, think uh, about Ansel Elgort? I was gonna say this is like this is. Um, are you aware of the Ansel Elgort stuff? The the um, allegations. Of, uh, yes. I, yes, I am very aware of them. See, it it doesn't help that he's so much taller than Rachel Zegler, um, <laughs> because th- there's a bit where they when they first meet, they're under like underneath some like stands. Bleachers. No, I think bleachers. That, bleachers. That's I think is yeah, yeah, yeah the, the word. Yeah. Um, and he's massive. Um, yeah, that doesn't like, really get help. Her yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's not. It's, but you know, bit... you, you got to separate reality from fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was perfectly good. I enjoyed his performance. Um, yeah. And you know, this this was pre him doing bad things. So or us knowing about him doing bad things. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad pre, things happened yeah. a few years ago. Yes. But, um, I like but, how yeah, we don't talk about the bad things we're just like oh bad things happened because i assume... did a bad yeah exactly yeah. that's too heavy too fair i think most people would probably be aware if you're not um and you're interested just google ansel Elgort. Just go, to, just go to his wikipedia page it'll it'll yeah. all be there for you yeah, yeah. Pretty much. um um and okay so just my, my last point. This isn't the film's fault. Um, I wasn't that bothered by any of the songs. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like most that... of them are probably lifted from the original. Oh, I yeah, see. yeah. I, um, I feel like there probably is an original song thrown there, but I don't know enough. But you don't know because you're not familiar with it, yeah. yeah exactly. Exa- I know one song, um, and that's one that Maria sings about her feeling pretty and witty and so on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Actually, no, yeah, I, you didn't I, I knew another one. Mm. Legit. Yeah, you didn't like, think, yeah. yeah. You didn't think Ariana Dubose was particularly. I mean, you thought no one was. You said they weren't. Yeah, there wasn't any awards worthy. Like, yes, they're going to win the awards. Yeah. Although I'd be perfectly fine if pretty much you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of like the main cast, I wouldn't be like. I wouldn't be like, mm. no, they shouldn't be here if they get nominated. You know, yeah. It's, I'm like, oh, okay, they're here. Cool. Yeah. Um, um better than in the Heights, though, right? Oh yeah! In terms of musical adaptations, I much prefer this over to In the Heights. But there were a lot also, of musical films this year. I've yeah, realized. that was a big one, wasn't it? Um, I did really this. This film reminded me why I like Steven Spielberg. Um, yes, it's been ages since he's made a good film, hasn't it? Like, I mean, I I rewatched um, his Tintin film the other day, and I re- I still stand by that as a really great film. But that was mm, ten yeah. years ago. That was ten he's years ago. A, he's had a Is bit that of a the vacuum. Last good already. film he's made. Um, I haven't seen some of his stuff between now and then. I mean, I know um, the post is pretty poor. Well, actually, and... no, I quite like the post actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, you're the you're one of those weird but, people. But not who not likes for any direction reasons. Yeah. Um, I know Ready Player One's a massively disliked film. 
Is it? Okay. I don't know much about it. Um, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people... He's, he's done stuff like... I think he did... Was he the person... He did the BFG, which is Yeah, weird. he did the BFG. He did, um... Uh, a Bridge of Spies was actually pretty solid. That was actually. actually quite good. I, I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, uh, he did... Well, I mean, this was a long time ago, but War... Well, comparatively speaking, War Horse and Indiana Jones 5 and, you know, stuff, so... But he's he's pretty um, solid, I, mostly. He, he's not directing Indiana Jones 5, is he? Oh, 4. I meant to say Indiana Jones 4. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, I was I, I um, no, it's James Mangold. I think is doing five. I think. Yeah, whoever did Logan. And... Yeah, it's James Mangold then. I think he's doing the script. Yeah, 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 man. He might. I think he's involved in some capacity. Yeah. But, but um, I really like the the cinematography of this film. Some, a lot of it felt very like you know just in the, when when the camera wasn't moving and looking very <laughs> modern with camera movements. Yeah. A lot of it did feel very of you know the time period as if it was yeah. like a film made when it was made. In yeah. fact. Um. Even when the camera is moving, actually, bits of it do. Certain bits of it feel very of the fifties. Um, yeah. In fact, I, the ending, I was blown away by, and I think this is also in the original musical. But there's mm-hmm. no big ending musical number, and I really, really liked that. I was like, huh. oh, it, that's weird. That's that's it, really it comes strange. to a natural conclusion of an ending rather than everybody having to like put on a top hat and descend down some stairs. And, <laughs> and yeah. Think about how great it is, but um. Yeah. Like yeah. and Canto does that pretty much well yeah yeah but it was a, it was a really nice kind of mm. quiet and kind of chilled out ending i guess yeah. um mm. without talking about the ending. i have but, uh, yes i've unfortunately not seen it yet so i can't comment but n- knowing people are liking it and like people that i would expect to dislike it are liking it i'm pretty interested to see how it is yeah, no, I, I'd like to see Steven Spielberg do another musical because mm. I can't. It's never occurred to me before that he should do a musical. Like, I'm trying to think. Has he? Has he never done a musical? I feel like he. I don't. I don't think he has. Because and like a lot of his films have such a new kind of, you know, energetic direction yeah. that you know they lend themselves so like yeah. a lot of them are you know directed around music so much that it yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah, he would also love to. Would you love to see him do a Bond film? Because that's something he'd love to do. Oh, that would be interesting, actually. But do you think he's... Because mm, he's wanted to do it for years. I mean, that's why Sean Connery was in Last Crusade. He oh, was like, yeah, I was going to say, he, he's been wanting to make one since the 80s, which is why he made Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to put a yeah, rating no. on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 7, 7.5. It's All very, right. very steady 7.5. Mm. Fair enough. Uh yeah, next up on my list, uh this is a it's a part two. It's South Park post COVID dash the return of COVID. Okay. Well we might as well talk about both of those. We might I'll I'll put I'll put both of them together. Uh so for listen, I don't think it's ever come up before that I'm a massive South Park fan. I think it's one of the best shows one of the best animated shows for sure. Um, I love the South the South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, one of my all-time favorites. And I was very excited to see what they would do with... Because Trey Parker and Matt Stone have signed a deal now to, like, seasons 28 or 29 or whatever to produce seasons of South Park and, like, 20 films across, like, five years yeah. or something. Mental. Because they can just write stuff in, like, a week. I was gonna say they have this remarkable ability to just write. Yeah, like they. I saw. I watched a documentary. They six days to air, which is literally just about it's in you know six days they write, you, you know they they plan write, 
record and you know edit an episode episode of south park yeah it's mental and they've only missed the deadline i think once because that was like the power cut out so (laughs) yeah uh i you're a big fan of south park as well aren't you yeah no i i i I do love me a good bit of south park yeah um Um, not as much as me though and i think no, no, I, I, I do like it a lot, but I, yeah, no, I'm not like, wow, best I mean, show ever. You know, yeah, I cool. mean, I'm pretty sure you haven't given it any episode of 10. No, I've only got like some nines. Yeah, I've given a few episodes of 10, so. um, So yeah, post-COVID, the return I, of... I think we, we have like, uh, we have the same favorite episode, Kenny Dies. Oh, that's easily the best one. Um, yeah. Like probably one of the saddest episodes of tv i would argue like yeah no it is generally quite um because it's so uh, weird because kenny you know the running thing is he dies in every episode and he just comes back next week and it's like nothing happened and then he actually is gonna die for real i think the creators were just like man we can't come up with more ways of how to kill kenny let's just kill him off for real and well (laughs) yeah so yeah this Um, is also that episode contains possibly my favorite south park scene which is when cartman sings um heat of the moment in- <laughs> uh, um but yeah so the post-covid yes. uh, so this is a sen- these two films are a sequel to the specials that uh, south park did um pandemic special and vaccination special that they did uh and it's yeah it's a basically looking into the future and it's like what thirty years into the future or so, with the four, um, they they never specifically say, and I, I think that is to its benefit because a lot a lot of the time, stuff set in the future, yeah, they age it by you know putting a number on it, um, and then like that back kind to the of future and Blade Runner, and then that date arrives and everyone's like, oh shit, where's the hover? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, um, I think the the most specific they get, they just say, oh, it's been a lot of decades. Yeah. Leave it up to and you. so, uh, yeah, we'll talk about both parts, take both films together. So, uh, basically, all four of the boys have moved on with their life. They've all left. Cartman is somewhere. Jew. He's a he's a Jew. That's <laughs> one of my favorite bits. Is when um, Kyle sees him and he's like, he yeah. can't believe it. And, he, and the entire film, Eric Cartman, you know, famously homophobic, racist, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic is now. A Jew with Remember a wife and three kids. Yeah, three, three kids. Three children, yeah. yeah. Stan is just sort of depressed in his life, honestly. His life's his, pretty Yeah, his, his brother and sister have died, Don't, and his dad blames him for it. Yeah, his dad's in a home, and Kyle is Kyle is still living in South Park. He still it? lives in South Park, but he, he hasn't quite, you know... <clears throat> grown up and kind of moved on with life himself yeah and then kenny has become a like world famous scientist i say weirdly he's probably the most successful of the three but he's wearing the most like he's wearing like just shorts and like a hawaiian like an orange hawaiian shirt you know sunglasses indoors thongs you know just the (laughs) the most you know but that's very fitting with kenny's character that like he'd become very, very chill yeah i mean i would argue he's probably one of my favorite characters. I mean, it's between him and Cartman for my favorite of like the main four. Mm. Uh, so, and s- surprise, 
but Kenny dies. What yeah. a shock. Oh my god. Kenny they dies in a South Peter like I think in pretty much every major like in the South Park film he dies and that's like a big part of that film is him being dead. And then now he's dead in this and it's basically we're trying to figure out who is, you know, who killed him and then there's all the other characters like Token and uh and uh, Jimmy who's now oh, a late I... night show host which is uh, great. As, yeah, he's like <laughs> his jokes he, are great. Woke humor. Woke humor, yeah. And like, there's uh, yeah, he's like, what's the difference between um, like a, a Mexican and the Jew? Nothing, but they're both great people. <laughs> and then uh, you've got Timmy as well. And I, um, I did have to say that I almost did the the voice for Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, I I could say so I was like, oh no, you can't do that. That's, yeah, no, that's yeah, I, bit... I I I was I I said the first word and I was like, wait, no. No, that's like Park, that. Trey Parker and Matt Trey Stone Parker have been Matt doing. Stone. They've been doing it for like twenty years. It's okay now. We we've gotten used to it, but no, you can't. I'm not. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, and um, and then Stacy as well. And I mean, it's just like classic South Park, isn't it? It's um, just like sort of what South Park does best: satirizing. I I I think it shows you know how well Trey and Matt you know know these characters and like mm, yeah I guess care for them that they're able to write you know a grown up versions of these characters and it, yeah. it, it feels natural yeah like and even it's... though Eric Hartman has become a member of the Jewish faith yeah it still it fits yeah and I love how the entire film he's just like no cat like it, he's yeah. still got like the like the like nasally like no cat you know is that kind of... yeah no that's South Park story. yeah um, yeah, and, and um, I, oh, dude, throughout the whole film, I was just waiting for him to like get hit and then start crying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and I was like with Kyle as well. I was like, no, there's something up with this. Kyle's I, I gonna was gonna fucking say, I, I turn was like, on him. Yeah, I was expecting some sort of reveal where it's like, no, it's all just a ploy. No. To make and then, Kyle. and it gets to a point. Where you like, oh, everything's everything's fine, and then at the end of the first film, he's like, because they want to go back because the whole plan, they basically come up with a plan to go back in time, and, and stop COVID. stop COVID from happening. Again, spoilers. Um, <laughs> and then Cartman's like, no, we can't do that, and I'm like, there it is, because I sort of wasn't thinking yeah. about it, but I was like, he's gonna turn on him he's he's being villainous but it's for a fair enough reason because it's, he's got this family it's not like in other episodes where he's just being a it's it's, it's not like he's been like nah pal, you sneaky jew and um yeah it's it's, it's not reason. it's not like in kenny dies where he's like pre- using you know the pretense of stem cell research stem cell research for his own gain for his own gain or like uh, what was it in cartoon wars he wanted to do again he wanted them to he wanted um, to get rid of family guy that's what he wanted he wanted yeah. to get family guy off the air because he doesn't like family guy <laughs> you know like the creators yeah. don't yeah and oh that i mean that makes me so happy that not only was south park like fuck family guy but yeah. the writing team of The Simpsons and King of the Hill were both like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And that, they got featured in the episode. Yeah, I know. And it's funny, too, because, like, 
because they've because like the people at Simpsons had found like I have like done crossover episodes, episodes together, together like yeah there's an, an entire episode where they where the, where the, you know they meet and um, yeah it's great it's probably some of my favorite episodes of the Cartoon Wars um, double part um, I saw um, it was like a video somebody edited Peter Griffin into Squid Game and the comments were just full of people saying stuff like oh geez Lois this is worse than the time that Quagmire got the umbrella in the Honeycomb game like, people are satirizing South, um, South, um, Family Guy and it's amazing yeah, um, it's, oh, yeah. and then yeah and then in part 2 uh, post COVID which I think is, is the better film personally uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say it's just. And I love how there's they go to a Jewish, they go to like a church essentially. Yeah. And he's building like the time machine to go back in time to kill Stan kill and Kyle. Kyle. Well, Kyle actually, as a kid. And I love that throughout this entire bit, he's trying to talk to this kid like Stan and Uncle Kyle, and he's like, "Fuck you, Uncle Kyle." Fuck you, Uncle Kyle. Yeah, but it's, it's the Cartman voice. Like, Fuck you, Uncle Kyle. <laughs> he just keeps doing it over and over again. And there's a bit. In... Genuinely, I, I, I think the word Kyle might be the funniest word in South Park. Just because they say it in so many different ways. Yeah. And in so <laughs> like, many different the one, the one, The one where, like, Kyle. Have you seen the one where, like, Kyle gets, becomes part of, like, a human centipede thing? <laughs> yes, I've seen that. I have yeah, seen that full episode. It's this Japanese man, and he doesn't say Kyle, it says Karu! Yeah, uh, and, and it's great when like his mom's yelling like Kyle, no, Kyle, yeah, oh god, it's great. Kyle. Um, yeah, and there's a bit in the film uh, where like these two people are coming to like the door. They come to like the door of the church and they get like knocked out or something. Like they're trying to like stop Cartman. And then he just like they're looking for like duct tape or something. They're looking for duct tape, yeah. And, and then Cartman, Cartman like lets them in, and he has like um, what is it called? It's like a, he's uh, I forgot what it was. It was like a, is it Cartman or is it the? No, it's the, is it the preacher? Is it Scott Malkinson? Yeah. Yeah, and he like hits them, and and he's and I love how he's doing all these things, but like for the sort of like. It's, it's very sort of weird, like, like sort of going against it. Does, his... does for his family. Yeah. And I love that they... Oh, who's like the one... And then, and then he manages to get... Oh, one of my... Slide to change. Clyde, yeah. And one of my favourite bits is Butters become... He's selling, like, NFTs to people. <laughs> it's one of the best bits. And he's just, like, locked up in, like, his room. All alone. And then, you know, that guy... But then there's that guy, he's, like, talking through him. He's talking through, like, the wall. And, the, and then, like, the guy in the live is like, oh, and he's, like, sprinting. And by the time he gets back, the door is gone, and... Butters know, is just Victor Chaos. Victor Chaos, yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, i tell you what one of my favourite little bits of this two-parter is. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the fact that, you know, the bit where... um. Mike is trying to get back to South Park to see his family. <laughs> that that oh. made me really funny. Yeah. Really, that made me really happy just because, yeah. like, oh, I forget that they're, you know, because they're not the same age in the show. And yeah. Because they're now both grown ups, you know, they have a proper relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then Clyde, he goes back in time and then. 
because the baby sends the baby, fuck you, Michael Carter, and then goes and then pulls the switch and down. Pulls the lever. And they're just like, no. And to be fair, Cartman, I'm completely on Cartman's side, and I get where he's coming from. This whole, like, he has a great life, and he doesn't want to lose it. So he's willing... Okay, just because his life didn't turn out like shit, you know? But also, the the extreme of being... I, he did, I, Even as an adult, he still goes, like, we have to kill Kyle. We have to kill Kyle. Yeah, exactly. He's still like, yeah. Rather than go back and say, no, don't. Um, he just yeah. says, no, we have to kill him. Yeah. And so then they go back in time, and they try to, you know, mend their friendship, and then it doesn't work, and they sort of down about it and we also learn that kenny blames them he blames eric blames them for covid, COVID or yeah. how, how, how things can like their reactions to covid <clears throat> yeah and then it gets really heartwarming because they realize that yeah they just had to react a bit better to it and yeah the best of it. Um, yeah it's really nice actually. yeah and then everything's fixed the timeline is you know, COVID doesn't exist now, and so then there's them as an adult. And Actually, all... COVID still exists. Well, they, COVID they still. Just... That is true. Yeah, they. It doesn't and get they're, rid they're of it. They're not. Yeah, exactly. They're still friends. Yeah. Well, except for Cartman, who's uh, who's has a, who's a, a terrible life. He's just out on the street. He's got like a sign that's like "fuck you" on it or Thank something, like. and he's just a drunk and he's just lying in filth. And yeah. instead of trying to help him, is it? I think is it one of them just like closes the blinds on him so they don't yeah, have to... <laughs> yeah uh yeah no it was really really good two really good yeah, double part of film um and i give both of them an eight out of ten um i gave them both 7.5 they are 11 and 12 on my uh list Ooh, so very nearly in the top 10 yeah very close they were yeah. my honorable mentions, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the next film on so your that, list? That's just Death Pack, guy. Buddy. Yeah. Death Pack. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so, my number nine um, is, and I, I, I'd say this counts, um, Bo Burnham, Inside. Oh, okay. I'm going to have so much to say about this. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. No, I I would argue it as a film. It's got like a three. It's yeah, got like well, a narrative yeah. structure to it. It has you know. Yeah, there's a story being told. I, yeah, I'd say it's a story. Good. It's, I I but I could sort of see the argument of like it goes. It sort of transcends that. It sort of transcends being a film, yeah, I guess. But it also sort of transcends being like a comedy special as well. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's it's walking halfway between them both. Yeah, so this is in my top ten as well, and this is number two on my list. So when we, I get to number two, I'll just skip over it because we'll be talking about it now. Uh, yeah, this was it's very very good. Um, yeah, great songs, genuinely yeah. very funny, genuinely quite depressing. Yeah, I um, so my only real exposure to Bo Burnham was Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. Which I felt he... I mean, maybe it's because Carrie Mulligan is just so good in it, but I didn't really find any of the performances in that film great. Like, I didn't find any of them stand out, but it could just be because Carrie Mulligan yeah. is... So, Carrie Mulligan was pretty excellent. Is pretty great in it. Just still should have won that Oscar. Um, yeah. But I was aware of him, and then this came out, and everybody... I, I knew of him as that guy from Vine who said stuff like, is there anything better than Pussy? Yes, a really good book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
I feel like I I'd seen I feel like I might have seen some clips from some of his shows like how he's telling a story of his uh, he's telling he's pretending he's talking about his mum talking about gay marriage and what it is is like okay well when two men love each other they uh they get in a bed and they shit on the bible <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what it is and he has lots of jokes which basically like a lot of dark humor like he's yeah definitely as um he's got a really great song about irony that it's it's just called ironic and it's just like oh a tow truck has broken down and a water park has burned to the ground and stuff like that <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> ironic thing have you, have you seen the it crowd i have seen it yet oh yeah the sea parks that's the weirdest thing i've ever heard yeah <laughs> it's one of the best episodes <laughs> yeah um and so i watched this uh, probably about a month or so after it had come out. I think it was like the 3rd of July. So it, it came out, I think, 30th of May. So it had been out a little over a month. Uh, yeah, I, so. I don't think I saw it like in the <clears throat> peak of its success. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of saw it a little bit after. Yeah. And I, whenever there's something like this that gets so much hype and so much love and is called a modern masterpiece, I'm, I'm always skeptical. I'm always like, hmm is it though like will it be that good um and i watched it and from the moment that f- the first like few notes of the first song content played i was like okay this is something special like this is just something really like this unique. is the sort of thing that really makes me want to make something myself yeah i had um, um planned to make like my own sort of short film sort of inspired off it because we had like a lockdown here and I was like oh I'll film a thing in this two week lockdown and I haven't and I don't know where the USB with the footage on it is so I haven't done anything with I filmed it all in like August maybe July actually no it would have been August so I've just got a bunch of footage somewhere for a thing I haven't edited <laughs> so yeah but the songs uh, I was I was re-listening I've listened to them a lot because they're really good songs um and I've caught up with pretty much most of his other major work. I watched Eighth Grade, I think, the same day. Which uh, I think yeah, is... I, watched, I watched that a little bit after. I yeah, I think that's a pretty decent film. I don't think it's amazing like everyone says it is, but uh, it's... I think it's very good, but It's yeah, a decent no, film, yeah. I didn't and think, I... wow, what a stroke of genius. And I watched um, two of his specials, What and Make Happy, with them. Um, uh, one was just free on YouTube and the other was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the final song of Make Happy is like genuinely one of like the best songs i've ever seen in terms of like just like performances Mm. like because it's just it seems on the surface because he's talking about you know on the surface he seems like he's just making fun of like a kanye west concert where he sort of does like a similar thing and then he sort of delves into like his mental health and you know, how things are, how he can't handle this and how he's sort of kind of losing it a bit mentally, I guess. And that's sort of a thing he delves into, especially with Inside. Yeah, he, he weirdly, I'm <laughs> a sort of become this advocate for mental health um, yeah. awareness. I mean, yeah, he, he talks about in um, Eyes on Me, which I, mm, I'd argue it might be the best one. Well, certainly one of the best ones. All eyes on me. All eyes on me is what it is, sorry. 
I'd argue it's probably All Eyes on Me, comedy, or Welcome to the Internet for my personal uh, um, favorite. Yeah, no, I, I like comedy the most. Hmm. I I didn't like comedy, and I started listening to it more recently. And like, man, that's it's really like. I'm a different kind of white guy. I've self-reflected, and I want to be an agent of change. <clears throat> um, but in the song All Eyes on Me, he's talking about you know leaving comedy and um. His special Make Happy was actually, like, he had a panic attack while he was, like, making it. Shit. So he, like, that's why he left comedy, because he just couldn't, you know, handle it. And then he talks about, like, oh, and then I plan to come back in January of 2020. And then the funniest thing happened. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of songs that I feel like I can relate to. Like, like problematic i'm not like to that level but i've definitely said things and sort of done things that i'm like oh that's not that's not aged particularly well has it um and you know um like what else uh i mean bezos is just a really short song but super like catchy because it's like so simple like lyrically but it just works um, I I also am a big fan of a white woman's Instagram. I think that's a really good one as well. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> um, I think most of the songs are pretty great though. They're all generally quite good. Yeah, and I do like. I don't yeah. remember all of them, but there are. Yeah, yeah they are I I only remember I remember most of them. I've definitely listened to more to some of them a lot more often because I just usually if there's like a soundtrack with songs, I just listen to the ones I really like a lot, and then I kind of forget mm. about the other ones. I mean, that's more or less what I've done. But, yeah, no, it's really, really good. And I think m- most people agree that it is a masterpiece, except for a handful of, I don't want to say contrarians, because that sounds, well, I mean, they could be contrarians. A group of rebel individuals. Yes. A resistance. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I think Bo Burnham is one of those few talents where he's pretty much just good at everything he does, and it's sort it's, of... Yeah, one of, one of those people that, you know, you kind of watch perform, and you think, you know what, I'm just gonna give up. Yeah, like, I would put him along the lines with people like Dan Harmon, um, Donald Glover, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, sort of oh, like... it's the... not fair how good Donald Glover is at everything. D- Donald Glover, I don't understand how he can do literally everything. Like he can act, he can dance, he can sing, he can write comedy. He's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's, you know, he's created his own beloved show. Like I don't understand how he does. Oh, it. Oh, can't wait for season three of Atlanta. Uh, I need, I do need to catch up on season two. Um, yeah, no, it's it's an absolute. I genuinely would say it's pretty much a masterpiece, and and might be objectively one of the. I mean, of course, it's all, sub, you know, opinion-based and everything, but I would argue it's subjectively an achievement. Like, I think most people have to admit, it is at least an achievement of a thing. Of a oh, yeah, film. no, in terms of, like, you know... <clears throat> yeah, just a piece of work. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I would... I, I mean, you know... Yeah, I would argue it is objectively one of the most... Maybe, I would argue it might be the most unique like might be the best written thing of the year in terms of like 
content this, like this is I, I think we're coming to this as this is what people see in lin-manuel miranda yeah i guess that must might be what it is yeah because people talk about how lin-manuel miranda is a genius and everything he w- makes is a masterpiece you know? he's a very good lyricist but mm. I think lyrically he's... yeah he's very good it's not, not quite got a handle on tunes whereas <laughs> bo burnham He's got catchy songs that are well and, written. And he can also sing pretty well. Like, he's really yeah. good at singing. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, Bo Burnham is a genius, and uh, it, it kind of is depressing how he has talent that, you know, I can only dream of, and, you know, only so few people have, and even fewer, like, actually use, you know, like, yeah. he's just got a talent that um, most people would kill for. And he's using it to like the best of See, his abilities. That's the problem. I I killed and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, you want to put a number on? Uh, yes. Uh, so I'm putting uh, giving this one a nine out of ten. Fair. I I'm I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah. I think I it's holding back from being a ten because it can feel very rarely a handful of times feel a tad preachy like not too often. And also, it can just, it's like a bit like, it just sort of is depressing on a bit of a level of well, as well as like, you know, what it's talk, because like, I love Bo Burnham's work, but there are times where it's like, man, these songs, they're really great, but they're hitting, you know, a bit too close to home at times. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. But it's still pretty much a masterpiece, I would argue. It's pretty excellent, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, what's your number nine? Um, No Time to Die. Right. So, I'm pretty sure that's in your top ten. Yeah, uh, yes, yes it is. It's my number three. Number three. Oh, goodness, all right. Yeah, so... Uh, no Time Same to Die. Bond. Daniel Craig's final Bond film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been waiting since, what, 2019 was when it was meant to come out first? Um... April 2019. I was it April? Was it actually was April the earliest? I wow. Actually, no, it might have been November. Actually, I thought it was uh, November 2019. It might have been. <clears throat> uh, I, it was sometime in 2019. Yeah, um, and then it was delayed. Was that because, was that when it was delayed because Danny Boyle left? Um. Yeah, Danny Boyle left, and then they had to film more stuff. Yeah, they had to film more stuff about a million times. Yeah, and then yeah, it was meant to come out after it was delayed from eight from November twenty nineteen. It's meant to be February, then it was in April, then November, or did it go to October then November? Um, October then November. October then November, then April this year, and then September, October, November this year, and we finally saw it. And yeah. uh, I was quite pleased with it, honestly. I um, um, I was very pleased with it when I yes. I, I, I first watched it. You've seen it and like I've twice it. already now, haven't you? I've seen it quite a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spoilers. Gonna I I okay. I, for the rest of these films, just anticipate spoilers. So. Yeah. Um. So this is very much a finale to the Daniel Craig era. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, do we want to jump into the fact that at the end, he dies? Yeah, 
for the first time in almost 50 years, James yeah. Bond. There's is... been Q. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that's like we James think Bond's he's going to die. die. And he's. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, we see him. I mean, he does tech. Well, he doesn't technically die. In you only live twice. We think he dies. Seriously, so many Connery films, we think he's yeah, dead. Yeah, haven't and then, are James Bond going to die? And then he's with... And then there's Bond, and he's with a lady. He's necking with her. Um, anyway, Alan Partridge. It's Alan Partridge Professions. Because I finally watched that. Daniel Craig. Bang. Blood dribbles down. Oh, there's there's a woman swinging on a luger. Oh, there's a bit oh, of nipple. Now it's late? gone. Was that too late? Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> that's not good um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I yeah, n- no. I was like, they're not gonna kill Bond, are they? Oh, dude. Yeah. See, throughout, I I, I went through like the stages of grief when James <clears throat> Bond died. Um, yeah. like when you know, so basically, you get the, the villain. He slashes him with some nanobots that this yeah. film's about. They programmed was... to. And to kill that... people, yeah, he gets covered with some animals that are programmed to kill his the mother of his child as well as the child. Yeah, by the way, James Bond's got a kid in this one. Um, oh, because um, he necked uh, on with a lady. Yeah, <laughs> and he got on, got another little lady. Yeah, um, he's not. He, he won't neck with her. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so when he missiles get... being sent to destroy these nanobots on this island, he's on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and like throughout the, the, that five minute sequence building up to when those missiles land, I was like, no, he's not. Surely yeah. not. I was watching um, this and I was like, so when he got hit, I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, no. Then they're gonna find a way out of this, right? They do this all the time. We think Bond's going to die. Yeah. You know, he always he's always about to die, but uh, but then he always gets out, right? And then he, you know, opens doors and he starts climbing that ladder to the roof, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is happening. Don't and like, do this. Even, even when, like, as that last shot started of the missiles raining down, I was like, nah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna not die. Gonna, he's not gonna die. And then die. he gets engulfed in an explosion. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh fuck. And somehow, um, I had managed to avoid all spoilers for this film, even though yeah, it came out in the we UK. Got over a month um, after Yeah, the like, the, the earliest world. showings were, like, in the UK, were, like, September 30th or something? And yeah, then it premiered in the in October, and we didn't get it till like what the first week of de- November or something. The eleventh of November. Yeah, so nearly halfway through November, we finally get this film, and I had avoided all spoilers, and I was yeah. I, I had a, I had a friend in the UK who'd seen this film, and they had to sit on the fact yeah. that James Bond dies for like a month. Yeah, and uh, we know we've uh, we know people who live overseas who got the film before we did, so they were talking about stuff you know and then they yeah, got that, um, spoiler tags over it and i was just like i want to know what's behind i want to read that but i can't yeah but i never thought they would kill bond i thought nah he's gonna he's gonna have a happy ending he's gonna retire you know everything will be fine and and then he dies and i was like oh they they just killed bond. never mind and i oh, was in the Daniel trend of he can't be happy yeah lives a depressing life yeah uh, i mean there was a thing that i read after the film that like craig was like okay from when i do my final bond film i want to be killed off and i'm like oh well i didn't oh. i hadn't seen that until after the film so i was like cool. yeah, yeah, yeah 
Um, I got a bit teary-eyed from being completely honest. Oh, so I, every time I saw this film, it got an emotional response. Yeah, from me. and I look over at my mum and dad, and my mum's you know wiping away tears, and my dad's you know doing like a one-handed wipe, you know. Yeah, the, the, the sneaky. Yeah, trying to not be too obvious, you know. And my mum's just like got her glasses off, just you know wiping, you know the yeah, corners of her eyes. And I was like, man, they actually really got me emotional about you know. Because I've grown up with James Bond. Like, I was shown Doctor No as the first one when I was, like, eight. And I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen pretty much all of them. I haven't seen the Dalton films and the Lazenby film. But... Oh, yeah, yeah, Dalton was some of the best ones. Yeah. But um, I've seen... Yeah, James Bond is... Yeah, no, he's a, he was, he's been a big part of my, my film-going life for many mm, years. Yeah, I, I watched... Seen, I first watched The Living Daylights. That was my first film, mm. first Bond film. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching the first Doctor No on Laserdisc. That's all. Yeah, no, it was, it was... Have you ever used a Laserdisc? I have not, no. Oh, it's, I... it's great. It's amazing. They're just giant, like, yeah, discs. And at some point you have to flip them over because it's like... 30 40 minutes of the film and then more often than not there's like a couple discs so you have to at some point take one disc out and they're giant discs like it's insane but yeah um Um, i thought this was probably yeah the mid-tier of bond i watched quantum of souls for the first time uh which i think is terrible (laughs) just gonna be honest i think it's pretty poor but um casino royale and skyfall are Fucking two of they are my, yeah, my, my two, two favorite bomb. Yeah, Absolutely and Spectre's fine, I guess. Like Spectre's, Spectre is yeah. Spectre it, it is does some bad things for the franchise. Yeah, um, the whole Blofeld that, thing that like, does weird. attempt to rectify, but I think yeah. that's to this film's detriment because ultimately yeah. comes really caring. Yeah, um, mm. I felt that this film had a lot of really good stuff in it, though, like. I thought I, I think um, this, this is one of the best directed Bond films. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I mean, love the direction. I love the cinematography. The action sequence, like the action sequence, oh, the like action. right at the beginning the when the Bond's like theory. on that motorbike and he like drives up that like ramp and it leaps over and then he's, yeah, he's and there's, there's some of the, the you know that just even the Aston Martin driving around Matera in yeah. Italy. Yeah, it's it's, it's really amazing. great. It's fantastic. Um, um, what did you make of the villain? Oh, he's really weird, isn't he? I don't like him. No, I don't. I didn't think he was particularly amazing. I wouldn't say. I would go as far to say he's bad because I don't think that's true. He has no motivation to do his villainous deeds. I would argue he's one of the weaker Bond villains of the ones I have seen. I I would argue he's, and it's really weird because he could be like a really great villain. But they just yeah. don't really do enough with him. I, I, uh, a friend of mine suggested a thing that would you know, um, maybe make him work better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know how big, so a big part of his character's motivations at the start of the film is that his family have been killed, um, and he you know wants revenge. Yeah. And a friend of mine suggested, what if it was James Bond who was responsible for this guy's dead parents? Oh. Uh, mm, yeah, that could maybe work. Um, because otherwise it's just kind of he's like I want to destroy the world for some reason yeah it's not clear yeah um, um I thought the um Le- Lea Sedu was actually yeah. 
quite good in this. Um, oh, I think she's fantastic. She. Um... I didn't care for her really in um, Spectre. Yeah. I absolutely loved her in this film. Mm. I I think, I think this Bond film might have the best female characters of any Bond, um, or certainly some of the best female characters. They're up, they're up there because you know Madeline is a really. She's again nothing special in Spectre, but she's really fleshed out here. Yeah, I really like. Her. But also, I need to sneeze. <laughs> um, what? Sorry. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, fair enough. Um, um, there's... Also, uh, Paloma, played by Anna de Armas. I think she's a really fun, energetic addition to this film. Yes. Um, she was perhaps the best part of the film. Just like an absolute delight of a character. And yeah, Anna de Armas just works like she's just she has such a natural likability and charisma um, yeah like i think and yeah she's in it for about 10 minutes but those are some of the best minutes of the film yeah like, and i, I think her her, her her level of involvement is just pitch perfect yeah i mean i would i don't know if they would do it but i would like to see a spin-off with paloma because i feel like you could get a glow I, I just i like to see her you know <clears throat> back for just another film yeah would you have her be like a bigger part of another film? Have, have, yeah, have her be a main Bond girl. Because yeah, she's so like, it's like a pretty basic character, but like what they do with her is super uh, so effective. She, she's she's new for the, this series. <clears throat> We've never quite seen somebody who's quite a you know a ray of positivity and yeah. joy as she is. Yeah, like just always happy, you know, just having a great yeah, time. Happy to be there. Yeah. And it's weird because you don't, because most other sort of sp- <clears throat> like spies that Bond teams up with are just very sort of stern, serious men and yeah, women. Yeah, they usually kind of yes, I'm an agent. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean maybe I just really like Anna de Armas. I think she's. I think she's a very good actress. Yeah, I do like her. Role. Yeah. Um, um, and no, no, me, I was skeptical on sort of prior to the film. <laughs> I think she's not as bad as she could have been, and I feel like some people threw a massive hissy fit over, like, oh, no, there's going to be a black all, woman. All of the, the middle-aged white men were like, <clears throat> no, a black woman, 007. What? Unbelievable. Women. But yeah, community, being... like, waking Pierce up. You know, a black woman, James Bond. Preposterous. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, she was, uh, I mean, she wasn't bad. I, I did find her a bit, like, annoying at times, but it she wasn't... She has some weird lines. <clears throat> yeah. The, the two that I want to address, yeah. when James Bond rides back at MI6 and they're walking through the office together and people go like, hello, double O, and then they see James Bond, they're like, seven. And she's <laughs> like, oh, does that annoy you? I'm like, why would it annoy him? Like Surely he... it would annoy you that they're like, oh, there's two of them. Yeah, like I like Bond has left at this point. Like he doesn't care. He's not working with, you know, MI6 anymore. He's yeah, his and own yeah. Life. People are like shit. It's James Bond. He's you know he's he's catching fish. He's living in a yeah. He's a fisherman. He's like Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, he's having a you know, living his best life right now. He's got quite yeah, quite a nice little shindig for himself. Yeah. Um, and then the other <clears> line, <throat> which has bizarre implications. Mm. Um, so. Um, they find out that Blofeld is communicating with the outside world because he's in prison. Yeah. And M says, search every inch of that room, search every inch of the man. And she says, I'll bring my gloves. Now, <laughs> is she going to perform some sort of prostate exam on Blofeld? 
Oh, that wouldn't. That would be massively grim, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm glad we didn't see that scene. It's gonna be in the the extras. It's, it's a yeah, <laughs> scene. Yeah, that's why Danny Boyle left because they were like, "No, Danny, we can't put that in the film." And he was like, "No, I need to see her finger going off blood." <laughs> yeah, Kristoff has been waiting his entire career for this. Yes, and we're gonna do it completely practical. There'll be uh, yeah, no, no special no. effects trickery. We're gonna do it for real. And at that point, he left. Yeah, and that's the only um, reason he left. It wasn't yep, to do that, anything else. <clears throat> Yeah, def- I have a feeling it was he probably didn't agree with James Bond dying. I'm pretty sure I read a thing that was basically him being was saying like, yeah, that's why he left because um he didn't think okay. Bond would die. But also like, at the end it's like, oh, by the way, James Bond, he's coming back. He he will be back yeah, in so another film. James Bond will return, and we're all just sat there like, will he though? Yeah, and it's so annoying watching people being like upset over like oh no there's a black woman as the main character we not you know that is not the biggest issue here <laughs> yeah it's like you do realize you're focusing on the fact that it's gonna have this film's gonna have diversity in it and instead ignoring the fact that hey a man who is dead is gonna come back to life you yeah know? a zombie Ooh, oh, bond. a zombie Bond. Oh, wouldn't that Frankenstein Bond? But before we move on, um, um, I thought the MI6 as... regulars were really good in this, actually. I, I think that always utilized very well. I yeah. love the little detail that Q is gay. Um, what? Yeah, really nice. Work! A homosexual? No! How um, dare they decide to do something slightly diverse? Um. That's homophobic, Frankenstein Bond. Um, <laughs> um, and so, before we 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 I guess we move on to other things. Um, mm. As messy as it gets in the middle, um, I do like the kind of end to Daniel Craig's Bond's um, yeah. arc because Casino again, a friend of mine said Casino Royale is the story of him becoming a spy mm. and losing his humanity, and yeah. this film is him getting that humanity back. Yeah. Um, and I have come to really appreciate that as an ending. Um, and on that note, I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, just an 8 out of 10 from me. Yeah, I've had an 8 out of 10 for a while. I've only very recently bumped it up. Uh, yeah. So, my number 8, uh, Free Guy. Yeah, I uh, watched it. Th- this uh, film surprised uh, me, because I didn't expect it to be as Truman showy as it was. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I um. Yeah, this film's only like a fine. step above, you know, most other Ryan Reynolds comedies. Yeah, that's pretty. That's the best way to put it. It's not um. And you know, no. I I think it's the, the subtextual stuff about free will and all that. Um, yeah. I think that's what gives it the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there were bits of it that I just didn't really like. Like, there's a extended sequence toward the end where he like gets a lightsaber and. Yeah, it goes uh, a bit shield. far at the end with the whole... Although, like, that bit with the Captain America shield does prompt one of my favourite bits of the film. Yeah. Um, Chris Evans shows up uh, and goes, <laughs> what the shit? Yeah, that's actually really good. I, I like the story behind that. Um, yeah. Ryan Reynolds asks Chris Evans, hey, can you be in the movie? And he says, as long as I can be in and out in ten minutes. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, it's. Um, I thought that was actually a really good joke. I know a lot of people have problems with this film, but they're like film snobby, like, oh, you know, video games. 
Yeah, oh, exactly. Like, oh, films can't be fun. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, oh. Film, films having fun? That's insane. I, I yeah. again, also the involvement of like real life like YouTubers and stuff yeah. really threw me off because I was like, oh, yeah, that was a bit weird. A Jacksepticeye shows up and he doesn't even swear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what age is it? Was it an M rating here? Or... I don't know, but yeah, pro- probably not allowed to swear. Um, I forget the Taika Waititi's in this one. Yeah, it's and he doesn't I... quite deal with the rest of it. Mm. Yeah, I um. Although, he does get one of my favourite lines in the film. Like, he says, it's called Kentucky Fried Chicken, not Albuquerque Boiled Turkey. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's, um, that's an, an odd bit interesting. It's an interesting line, yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like it doesn't work... I mean, the role, it doesn't really work with Taika Waititi's sort of shtick. You know, he's kind of, he's, he's, it's like some, you know, I mean, basically what it, it is, what it is. Um, somebody has taken a Kiwi actor and directed him to do American comedy. Yeah. Um, when, when really what he should be doing is, is sitting there in the corner and kind of every now and then he says something with a funny voice. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, Taika Waititi. Um, I, I think I might have, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I don't think he's a very good actor, honestly. Mm, yeah. No, I'm not that convinced by him either. I think he's. Probably well, no, he's not the worst performance in Jojo Rabbit. That's uh, the little kid, uh, Jojo's friend, that annoying. Um, um, yeah, I just felt the film was very, um, you know, I, I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds. I think he's an entertaining enough guy. I think he's amazing, but you know, I, think he, he, I, I enjoy his antics. Yeah, I mean, him in real life, I think, is hysterical when he's um, him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, um, yeah, no, I thought it was. Uh, there wasn't a lot to say about this one. This wasn't like a big sort of meaningful. Yeah, no, I just think it's a really nice, fun comedy that, you know, it's just, you know, good to have, you know, a couple of these every year that you can just enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> have a good time with. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, rating? Uh, eight. Uh, that's a seven from me on Free Guy. <laughs> uh, next, we've got The Suicide Squad. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, now, I nearly mentioned this as one of my most anticipated films. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, so I have been looking forward to this ever since James Gunn was attached to direct. I'm a big James Gunn fan. Um, I think he's really great. Uh, I was very disappointed when he was fired from Marvel for s- silly Reason. reasons. But um, I'm kind of glad that happened because we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have gotten this film, uh, and I think this film is a really really good. It's number seven on my top ten of the year, so it's you know. Mm, I mean, I'm not quite a James. I mean, if anything, I'm a bit of a subversive James Gunn fan because most people's favorite films of his are you know it's this and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 yeah. but my favourite James Gunn films are Super and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 yeah I haven't I have not seen but I, rec- I recommend Super it's, it's genuinely very funny yeah Super I've been meaning to see and Slither I know is also a pretty um yeah I love how because I knew going into the film that he's like you know lots of people are gonna die I didn't expect half the cast to be killed off 
in the first like pretty 20, much, 15 yeah seventy percent of the the characters were introduced to him killed immediately yeah and I and I had sort of noticed in the trailer like okay they're not really showing a lot of these characters they're sort of showing you know Peacemaker and um, King Shark and Ratcatcher and all that I'm like okay. I wonder why they're not really showing any of the others, and it didn't really occur to me. They're like, oh, they're probably all gonna die. Um, I didn't expect Captain no. Boomerang to die of the of yes, the ones I... who died. I was like, he was like one of the best parts of the first one. I figured he would be. Yeah, there. and as a, you know, a returning character from a previous film, you you think, yeah. oh, he's got a bit of you know yeah. protection, but no. But of the of the characters in that first group, we've got uh, Harley Quinn and Rick Flag are the only ones who survive, but they're like mm. the two main ones that ever well also that the weasel guy weasel yeah oh, that's one of my favorite jokes of the film yeah, <laughs> where yeah. they're all jumping in swimming and i'm like all right cool everything's going fine so far and then he just dies because well we think he dies because he can't swim <laughs> and like this film is from like what i know is like this is pure james gunn and like it's like comedy but it's like a dark comedy like guardians is much more light um and sort of airy. yeah, no, that, that's the Marvelized version of James Gunn. Marvel, yeah, but I love See, that DC were willing I, to be like, do whatever the fuck you want with this, and he really I, I like think used my, that to my, I, I think my issue with the film is that um, uh, I guess I don't find it funny. Oh, which really? Oh, I thought it was. Shame. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Like, I thought like. It genuinely like the dark there. I mean, there were bits that I was like, kind of went, huh. but there's nothing that was like shit. That was actually pretty fucking. Unlike yeah. Super, which genuinely like made me laugh out loud. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw this in the cinema with my mum and dad and my my younger sister, and they were not a fan. They um <laughs> were yeah. were very much like kind of they didn't really like all the violence like right up front michael rooker's character he throws like a ball that kills a bird and they were like oh that's not very nice and i and i liked the sort of when it comes back later and a bird's just like eating him eating like his brains after like that's a nice sort of way of doing um sort of it's it's very gross but it's a very good way of like doing sort of callback sort of yeah. darkly comic callback humor uh and then you know yeah, I think it yeah. Does work. and then we've got Although, the rest so, no sorry you were saying i i forgot what i was saying now okay speak uh, yeah i thought that most of the main most of like the main suicide squad members were all pretty well fleshed out i thought um idris elba's uh, blood sport had a lot to him i mean he's basically just dead shot again but like he's he's much more of like a well deadshot's just like very good at shooting things and sort of aiming correctly well bloodsport is more of a like all-rounder i guess in terms of yeah um i thought david desmalchian as polka dot man was a bit of fun um he was there and then he just kind of thought wrong. <clears throat> is there any characters you were like a particular fan of no <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like eh they're all here good job mm. um, okay you know I think yeah I just needed the film to be funny and I didn't find <laughs> it funny um, you're a fan of the Harley Quinn animated show aren't you yes yeah 
so I feel you, like if, that's kind of if this was made by those people yeah. I would love it I kind at of... least every, every now and then you've got just an absolute absurdist bit of comedy like Bane wanting to perform card magic <laughs> yeah or like you, one you of my favourite like, bits in that show is you know um, Psycho calling women the you know that word, and, and everything just like stops because you know he said that word. Um, I would have preferred personally if King Shark was more like how he was in the animated show, just like yeah. Ron, Ron Futures. Yeah, oh, he would have been so. Not that I didn't like the King Shark they did in this, but I I'm kind of more interested in when he's an intelligent character and not just like a dopey like not bird. Yeah, like in yeah. in the Harley Quinn show, he's probably my favorite character. Genuinely, just... what I, I needed in this show was just some sort of rehash of. There's your card, the Ace of Diamonds. Uh, I don't know what I know. The Jack of Diamonds. No, fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Bane is genuinely my favorite thing about that Harley Quinn TV show. Oh, uh, uh, curse and you! And I apologize like... to Bane who wanted to perform some card magic. It was going to be a spectacle. And and then he's like, oh, curse your sh- chicken shit tang. And he's like, and yeah, he's like, I, I will he's break you. And it's all these, things. yeah, nah. I, I do think this film could have taken, if the writers from that show had partnered with James Gunn, I feel like this could have been even better. And I mean, I'm already a bit, I already really like it. But I think it could have worked a lot more. I, I tell you what I would have done for uh, if I was making a Suicide Squad film. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing as I wouldn't be able to do this with Harley Quinn, um, A, don't put Harley Quinn in it, mm. and B, um, basically kill everyone by the end of the film. Mm. I kind of think, yeah, well, I mean, most of the characters, are, well, they've still got, like, what, four characters left? There's about four or five left. There's Bloodsport, and... Harley Quinn, King Shark, Ratcatcher, and Peacemaker. And technically Weasel. But I, I mean, basically when I was thinking, how would I do it? I'd have it kind of, yeah, be like a, a moment of sort of redemption. But you know, they, you know, they do have to die. Yeah. Uh, and then I realised that I was just thinking of um, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, that is. Oh, yeah. Actually, they do kill everyone in that in Rogue One. Yeah. And it's a great ending. No, it is. It is. A, it is a really good ending for that film. Um, I can sort of see where you're coming from. I, I just think with a name like the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I mean, I still think they kill a fair amount of characters, though. Yeah, but very meaninglessly. Just in a kind of... in a way that the original didn't. But yeah, I see what you mean, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I will say the Harley Quinn animated show is better overall. I would argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but still, a, I a really good film, and that I had yeah. a really good time with. Um, yeah, so I, I did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so I give it. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh shit! What's his name? Doctor Who man. Oh, who is like Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi, that's it. Mm. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I I also liked um Daniela Melquia Melquia who was Ratcatcher. I thought she was fun. I'll tell you what. Oh, another random appearance of um. Yes, that was Actually, really weird. That, that that bit at the end with all of the rats coming out at the giant starfish, that was the moment that I was I, I was like, shit, I like this, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, and then when they, like, when Harley Quinn, like, dives into Starry's, like, eye and the rats all, like, yeah. swimming. Oh, that's just disgusting, but, like, it's really cool, I guess. 
And I yeah. will say, Starro, like, as a villain, they do kind of give him a backstory of, like, oh, you know, I was just happy, you know, floating about in space, and then, you know, these people took me in, and they kind of ruined my life. It's like, oh, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Um, uh, and I thought uh, I thought John Cena was pretty pretty solid as Peacemaker. Looking forward to what they do with his show. It's coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, so I give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I give it a 7. Yeah. I think that's fair. <clears throat> Solid film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, okay, now number seven. Nobody. Oh, that was on my top ten. We are getting through my top ten a lot quicker than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I've got... So we've well, got... Hang on a my, 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 my number six choice is going to get taken away. Um, so, anyway. yeah, nobody. nobody. Um, I thought it was really fun. It's... John Wick, yeah, but I think it's a really great bit of action. Yeah, I mean it's kind of John Wick, but I would argue a bit better. And I do like John Got Wick. I enjoy it more. I do. I do I, really I like, like John Wick, Wick, but I would argue nobody is better. See, <clears throat> yeah, nobody on... does it better. Um, I do like John Wick, but <coughs> I, don't, I never quite buy into them, just because I don't think we really get enough of John Wick being a person for me to care. Uh, I, I can sort of see where you're coming we, from. We, with we get quite a lot of Bob Odenkirk's character, Hutch yeah. Mansell, being, yeah. you know, a person. You know, the first 20 minutes or so is, you know, just him living his life, basically. Mm. And yeah. I do like the the whole, you know, a big part of his character is that he's kind of fed up with just living a normal life, and he's kind yeah. of you know, a lot of his actions are kind of driven by just the will to get back into this, you know, old life of committing acts of violence I guess. Yeah, against people yeah, and I thought the it feels like the action in it is very like brutal Oh but yeah, it's no, not no. too cartoonishly yeah. brutal in a way that like some film like John Wick can occasionally get to. Yeah, where he's, it's he's just with death of a pencil. Yeah, he's not getting like a book and like putting it in between their jaw and just like punching like, it, repeating it in, yeah, and just breaking their skull. Like it's, it's not that. It's just like it's stuff like he, you know, smashes somebody's head against the pole on a bus. Yeah, like I thought that bus fight sequence was very well Fantastic. choreographed. Yeah, Excellent. like a perfect. So, like, he's not, like, crushing... He's not, like, destroying them immediately. Like, he does get, like, you know, hit a few times. But he... Yeah, see, that's why issue with John Wick. People, like, yeah, he does get injured every now and again. But it's nothing particular, you know, it's like, oh, well, he just kind of shakes it off. Whereas, you know... I mean, to be fair, well, at the end of the third one, he does fall off a building. But he is just... He does... And live. He does live. Yeah, that's a bit much. Like, this sort of goes, like, perfectly, like, the realm of, like... As you know, insane. He action, pretty much but... he, he he takes not quite as you know much as he gives, but he takes a lot in this film. Yeah, he takes a fair amount. Like by the like in that like room where he's being like interrogated or whatever. Like his face is pretty fucked already. Like at that point. Yeah. And like, you know, and yeah, he does get injured, and he, you know, it sort of seems like he gets affected by it a lot more. Yeah. Um, um, really like Bob and Kirk. Really like uh, mm. Christopher Lloyd as his dad. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is always a delight to see and stuff. Oh, definitely, definitely. Always love to see him in something. Um, also, just a really great selection of songs for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm, 
Yeah, I don't really remember the songs, but if I haven't, I it's, watched it's the songs. It's worth listening back to. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I too. I will say some of these songs I haven't watched. I've watched once, and it was a while ago, so I might not remember everything. Oh, yeah, no, no time to die is the only film on this list that I've seen more than once. Yeah, uh, no, but I thought yeah, it was a lot of fun, and apparently they're working on a sequel. So I'm, I'm less pleased about that. Mm, I mean, hopefully it's good, but it could be like. Mm, I mean, the film. How does the, the film ends? Pretty. He he gets it. Yeah. Um. He, they him and his wife get a new house, and then his dad and his stepbrother, half brother, they're driving off somewhere. Yeah. Like it and like uh, it has like yeah. Down. I I was like, does it have a definitive there's, ending? There's room for a sequel. I don't want one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I thought it was a, a lot of fun. One of the best action films, arguably the best action film of the year in terms of sort of like that traditional sense of action, I guess. That's how you want to put it. Yeah. Um, uh, I give it an 8 out of 10. Hmm. I give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, it's closer to an 8.5. Uh, sorry, is it? Is my going next? It's your turn, yes. Uh, number 6, I've got Coda. Ah, okay. We're, we're churning through a few of my, my picks as well. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully yeah, we'll Coda. get through. Uh, yeah. So this film premiered at Sundance uh, at the very beginning of the year. Uh, so coming out of Sundance, my knowledge was that Mass was the one everyone was talking about, which is, I told you about this before recording, but I'll just say for the listeners, it's about these two sets of parents who are, talk- who are sort of confronting each other after a school shooting because one set of parents' kid was the perpetrator and the other parents lost their kid to the perpetrator. Uh, that was the film everyone was talking about coming out of Sundance. Uh, but arguably, this was like the second biggest film people were talking about at the, after the Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> I'd only heard of it earlier before the recording when you mentioned it. Yes. Well, it hasn't been released here and it's not being oh. marketed very well. So the only reason I do know about it is because I sort of keep up to date with like film festivals and big like awards stuff as well. Because people were like, oh, this, you know, should be okay. getting nominated for like everything, you know, all the Oscars. Um, for a second, I thought you were talking about Coda and I was like, no, you haven't. You've seen this film already. No. Um, <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coda was, I watched it, yeah, a few days ago. Um, it's. It's good, yeah. I thought it was quite, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Possibly my, my favourite acted film of the year. Oh, that's... Uh... I think there are some excellent performances. Mm, yeah, I mean, since we're talking about it now, yeah, the, the main performance from the f- main fam... So, I guess I should probably put some context to this. These, it's four people. Well, I mean, it's not multiple people, but it's a kid, um, Ruby, played by Amelia Jones, who was a coder, which is a child of death, death adults so her brother and her parents are deaf and i believe the actors are deaf in real life as well which gave it a certain authenticity to it yes yes uh, yeah in fact one of the, uh, the mother is a, an oscar winner i believe yes i believe she was the first deaf person um, to win an oscar but you know just say you know i i think this is you know not to say you know like oh it's great that they have this detriment um I think the fact that they have to, you know, they can't use their, you know, they don't speak technically, mm. you know, because they speak sign language. Yeah. That I think that mean, means they have to act so much more. And I yeah. think they all do phenomenally well. Yes, I think they're um, all brilliant in it. All should be up for Oscar consideration and, well, just awards consideration in general. Yeah, ideally they'd all get nominated in 
categories. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think most people think Marley Matlin and uh, Troy Kotz. Troy Kotz is, like, the big front runner to win, and Marley Matlin oh. could possibly squeeze in, maybe. It, it's sort of up in the air right now. But I think um, the guy who plays... Ruby's brother, I thought was very good in it. Yeah, that Daniel Durant. Yeah, he yeah. was. I and think um, I think Amelia Jones should be nominated for Best Actress. I stand by her yeah, being definitely. one He's, of the best. She is my my favorite female perform well lead female performance of the year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just think she should be getting in for <clears throat> Best Actress. She's not going to, which is a fucking shame because she is oh, yeah, genuinely. Chris, Chris and yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah she's, like, she's excellent. I think she should at least get nominated, but I don't know if that will happen. And it's a disappointment because she's genuinely really, really great in it. Probably the mm, mm, one of th- it's between her and Jessica Chastain in Eyes of Tammy Faye, yeah. for my favorite female performance of the year. She's really good in it. I basically, and uh, she's like a very she's very right. young too. So, you know, mm. she's doing this now. She'll be, you know, amazing when she's, like, 30. Oh, yeah, and no, I can't wait to, you know... I hope she continues to, you know, yeah. act and be in things. She's yeah. really good. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very light film, and it's very happy, I guess. It's, it's, very, it's, it's very... Yeah, it's, it's kind of very pleasing, you know. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of basic, where, like, she's kind of torn between her family and, you know, her dreams... But I think everyone's written well enough that you can enjoy the drama, the the comedy, and it's incredibly well acted. Um, It was a real surprise for me, and I I really, really like this film. Yeah, I I had been planning to see it ever since I knew it would be on Apple TV+, and I was like, um, everyone's talking about how good it is, I hope it's as good as everyone says it is. And uh, it is, yeah, no, it's really good. And I'm happy that it is, you know, people are seeing it and it's getting awards consideration because I think more people should be seeing it because it's really good. Mm. Um, also, I just want to make a note that uh, Amelia Jones' singing voice is amazing. Like, it's in, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always cautious when I'm like, oh, people sing in this film, and I'm like, Oh, but are they good though? And then they actually are good, and I'm like, what? Oh, like, thank God. like Hannah Waddingham yeah. in Ted Lasso is like an amazing singer, and I was a bit worried. Like they've been building it up a lot. She's this great singer. Will she actually be that good? And then she just crushes it. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, she's good. Yeah, then she is. Oh my God. Okay, cool. All's forgiven. Yeah. I never had any doubt. Yeah, um, I thought all the uh, other supporting performances around them, around the main family, were all fine. Although I did find um, I, f- I don't remember the guy's name, but he's like the her boy um, Ruby's boyfriend, like that really weird guy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really yeah, yeah. like him. He felt incredibly like clingy. He like keeps messaging her like, "What do you need me to do to apologize?" And he keeps doing that. And I'm like, "Mate, you're not helping your situation. You're making it so much worse." Yeah, that's like the point. Yeah. I mean, I can sort of see like, you know, he's a teenage boy, you know, and he wants to fix this, but he's being way too um creepy about it all. Weirdly aggressive about it. Yeah. Um, um well, I thought this one was oddly funny. Oh. Oh, and I thought it was really funny. Film. The scenes where um they're doing like signing and um 
the dad is like he's like i want to have sex with my wife or whatever it is. oh he's one of my favorite son. ones is when um ruby's friend is like oh you know is it would it be you know how do i say something she wants to like say something to ruby's brother because she finds him hot and she's tricked into signing she has herpes or something like that and i was like that's like i would absolutely do that to someone because that is funny that is incredibly funny so i would absolutely make someone think they're signing i mean that's like sort of a trope though of yeah yeah, yeah. of sitcoms yeah. you know or someone yeah, is like, like taught another language thing. and they think they're being respectful but in reality they're just saying like oh yeah, i yeah. want to sleep and... with your wife or you know something like that <laughs> yeah there's some the nine nine thing where like rosa tells jake that something means the dagger but it actually means the slug yeah um, or is it sn- yeah something, yeah yeah something uh, like that yeah um so yeah i uh like support i'd give it an 8.5 out of 10 uh i give it that a... is, yeah, that's my number five pick, I should Ooh, say. i give that a i give it an eight out of ten a, a very strong eight out of ten could bump up to a nine that's i don't know yet i'll have to watch it again um well we've already talked about my number six encanto so i guess we'll yes we can move on move from on. that number five was talked about that wasn't it didn't you just say kodo was yeah yeah kodo's my number five What's your so number let's five? move on from that oh do you want me to just do my number five then if that's might as well yeah yeah uh, tick tick boom. Ooh, okay. Uh, so I was skeptical about the film because it's directed by Lin Manuel Miranda, and I'm not the biggest fan of his work beyond Moana, which I think is an excellent soundtrack. And I was yeah, pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this film. I uh, I thought Andrew Garfield's personally has given my favorite performance of the entire year. In terms of film, if we're talking TV, it might be a bit different, but just in terms of film performances, my personal favourite of the year. Um, I really like Andrew Garfield. I think he's one of those like actors who's just great in things. I, I think he is fantastic as an actor. Um, yeah. I do like him in this film, but it's not like the performance I point to was like, yes, Andrew Garfield. Um, but you do like him in this film. No, no, I do like him in this film. Oh, okay. Um, but you don't think he's, like, like outstanding or anything? It, it's not... I mean, it's not even my favourite Andrew Garfield performance of the year. Um, oh, foreshadow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's very good, but, you know, stuff like Never Let Me Go... Um, what's it called? Uh, Social Network. Mm, oh, think, Social I Network think... is probably his best work I, I have i haven't watched it. i need to rewatch oh, it i'm sorry my proud is at the cleaners along with oh, my, my fuck you flip-flops you pretentious douchebag yes it's uh that's one of the best scenes ever in a film in my opinion oh yeah it's a brilliant scene um so what's the name of the guy in this uh jonathan larson jonathan larson yes the yes. writer of rent rent yes i i remember i told my dad uh, I was talking to my dad about this film, and when I told him that Andrew Garfield played the guy, played Jonathan Larson, he was like, oh, Rent was written by a white guy? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Did you think he was a black guy? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm not too familiar with Rent, so I don't, I'm not entirely sure. No, never mind. Okay, well, um... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of us can speak about what this film was kind of about. <laughs> yeah, well... Um... No, I, uh, yeah, we can't. Just we don't know about rent, but you know, who cares. Uh, it's not. I, yeah, it's not, it's not really about rent that much. Not really. It's more about Jonathan Larson kind of trying to come up with this, um, you know, this trying to find his, you know, trying thing. to yeah, trying to have this thing sort of out there in the world before he turns thirty. Because you know, when you turn thirty, you know, people kind of 
lose it a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a really great song, actually. I thought... That, um, oh, dude, you have no idea. Um, I put this film on that first song. I love that song, 3090. I think that's an excellent song. Oh, it is so good. It's And it's downhill from there. <sighs> wow. Because I, the rest of the film did not live up. Oh, Man. I, I do like it. I do enjoy it, but I was just like, eh, okay. I just, right. I didn't really... Right. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> Evidently by my placing yeah. on this list. Um, I think that... I don't know. I know I'm not, like, that old. Like, I'm not even, you know, 20 for fuck's sake. But I always am, and sort of connect to and sort of am hit by and am affected by films about people who sort of want to achieve this thing and you know sort of like you know i'm however old i am but i'm kind of like what the fuck am i doing you know i've sort of been my life sort of pointless or like i've not really been doing anything with myself See, or i i come to that from a sim i i i do like that sort of story but i like it from the other way around i like it when people have reached a point in their lives and they look back and think okay you know what have i achieved in this time rather than what can i achieve Right. I, I, I'm, I'm much more of a looking back rather than looking forward sort of person. Mm. Yeah. I I can sort of get into that kind of story too, but I think it's always the... I'm more into the whole, you know, sort of like, you know, how, you know, sort of, I guess, sort of regret sort of way of looking at things, I guess. Was um, it you don't like that or you do? I do like... I, I think I'm more into a film where someone's, you know, at a point like, you know... Like, that's why I think Bo Burnham's works, music works so well for me, is it's very much looking back, like, you know, I'm however old I am, but I'm looking back, like, you know, what could I have done differently? You know, should I have done this by this point? Well, yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I'm saying that I like. You know, I, I um, love The World's End. A big part of that is looking back at a person's life and wondering, you know, what happened. T2 Train Spotting, my favourite film sequel. Um, that's looking back at the characters' lives and how they've, you know, come to be oh, where they no, are now. Actually, I've, I've misunderstood what I was saying and what you were saying. No, I'm much more into, like, the, oh, I haven't achieved this and I feel like I should have sort of done this by this point in my life and I haven't. And it's oh, like, right, okay. I, I, was, I misunderstood what was being said, honestly. Um, yeah. And that's sort of, yeah, why Bo Burnham works so well is, like, you know, I kind of... And that's why I think 3090 as a song works so well lyrically, you know, the whole sort of like he's talking about, you know, you sort of blink and then, you know, blah, you know, shit's happened and, you know, that kind of thing of like, you know. See, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully there with the idea of, you know, oh, life has passed me by, but I'm not, I'm not really that bothered by like, oh, no, I need to do this by this point in my life. Yeah. I guess that's sort of how I look at sort of myself in general. Like, man, I kind of, before I hit, you know, certain ages, I want to do, you know, these certain things, you know, but, and I feel like I'm, I'm always a person with lots of regret over the most meaningless shit that doesn't matter. You know, I'm like, oh man, I totally could have done this. I could have, you know, oh man, there was a movie I could have seen today, but I decided to see it tomorrow, you know, and you know, it's that kind of thing of. You know, and, and and I do like how the film really sort of <clears throat> deals with his sort of obsession of creating this thing, of creating this, you know, musical, but how it's sort of costing him in, you know, various ways, and how he sort of... Um, I do have to say that the other song that jumped out to me as being pretty good is Therapy. 
the one where it's mm. like, I feel bad that you feel bad. Mm. Where he's he's arguing with his girlfriend and Yeah. I really I'm a big fan of the song like towards the end where he's like in that sort of like stadium and he's just like playing that piano sort of all by himself when he's singing that song sort of Is that the one that kind of intercuts with his friend who's got AIDS? Yeah yes. I got really annoyed at that bit. Oh, <laughs> just because I think because <laughs> I was like, okay, what, let's think what's Lin Manuel Miranda's thought process here. He's like, okay, I want to show some sort of emotional devastation. Let's have the guy with AIDS standing looking out of a window and dropping something that's in his hands. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's the best. He, he just drops some paper. Yeah. No, I kind of understand that, but I don't. It doesn't bother me too much. <clears throat> And, and I'm also a big fan of looking at story of, you know, films and stories of people sort of sacrificing things to sort of get to a dream or to a goal. Like Whiplash, for example, is a very good example. Uh, yeah. And Black Swan See, as well. I mean, that's, that's the, I haven't seen Black Swan, actually. But, you know, to me, Whiplash is that, you know, that idea done perfectly. Um, yeah. And every other time I've seen it, I'm like, well, it's not Whiplash. Yeah. Is it? uh, well, yeah, Black Swan is basically Whiplash, but with ballet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, sense, the, um, yeah, and this film, guy. yeah, sort of tackles that sort of. This idea. song is Black Swan and Whiplash, but it's a musical. <laughs> yes, and it's based off a real. Well. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's loosely based. I mean, it's based off a musical that was written by the guy himself before he, unfortunately, died. Um... <clears throat> yeah, that's a piss take, isn't it? He died literally the day before Rent was first performed. <laughs> yeah, I know that must suck, and like. Yeah. I sort of did research onto like you know how he died and if it was like a drug overdose or something sort of like that and it was like, it was like, a, it was like an aortic yeah, yeah, yeah it was something that like they couldn't really have caught it was pretty much like yeah, going just to like happen bad luck. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I thought yeah. That's shame. A, yeah that's a very big shame you know you know because rent you know people love rent you know and yeah, that, people... that won the Tony, I believe. Yeah, it's you know, and it's it's always it's always unfortunate when you know you when someone passes away, you know, before like their big break, you know, like something like Heath Ledger, you know, although he had done Brokeback Mountain, but uh, yeah. Heath Ledger before, um, you know, Dark Knight. You didn't win the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chad yeah, Boseman yeah. for Ma Rainey, but he didn't win the Oscar for that one. <clears throat> That's a bit awkward. <laughs> Oh, that's still the funniest thing ever. It's the it's. I'm it's, sorry, but it is. I mean, it's they put funny. best actor last just because Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins yeah, wins. They didn't even do that. You for can't like, make that Heath up. Ledger. Like that's that's dumb. That's a bad idea. That's an objective bad idea. That was just yeah, no, it's poorly conceived. But you know, that um, yeah, I really like the film. I think the supporting cast is all pretty solid. They're nothing amazing. Um, a lot of people were talking about, you know, getting Robin de Jesus, who was the, who was his friend who get AIDS and they're like, oh, you know, you should be nominated for supporting actor. I'm like, I didn't think he was particularly amazing. I, I he was bad. He showed up. He I didn't think any of the performances good. outside of Garfield were particularly amazing in my opinion. I would agree. I mean, even though Andrew Garfield, you know, that wasn't him firing all cylinders, if you know but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, besides that, I thought it was a really, really good film. I thought, you know, sort of on a technical level, it was all pretty solid for what it needed to be. It didn't need to be too much, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was put together, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not, not particularly, <clears throat> amazingly, not particularly 
badly. It was made. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm giving it an... Ooh, 6.5. That's, that's a bit low. Uh, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10, and this is another one that could very easily bump up to a 9 out of 10. Ooh. I mean, we, we know somebody who gave it a 5, so... And we know someone who gave it a 4, yeah, you... so... Oh, God. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah, 6.5, take it all in. Um, yes, right. we're not going to name so, names because we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Four, where, no, no, okay. So, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, that is my number one, so we are going... Should we save it? I th- we probably should if it's number one for me, we should probably... Yeah, we'll, we'll save our number ones for last. Yeah. What's your number four? Uh, last night in Soho, but I'm pretty sure that's we'll your number that one. Well. Okay, that's um, my number. And so number for me, numbers three and two have been covered. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, number three has been covered. That was No Time to Die, and mm-hmm. then I'll briefly talk about my number two. Don't look up. Mm. Adam um, McKay's now, new offering this, for this year. Adam McKay's new political satire about an asteroid heading towards Earth. Mm. Um, it's about the scientists that want to try and prevent it and prepare Earth, um, basically. Um, so. Yes. I this film has not been received that well. It's got like fifty no. something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's um, um I, I had planned to see if I could like watch it in time for this, but I just uh I didn't have the time to watch it. Uh yeah, but I, I will watch it in the next couple days. I will watch it in the next few days. Uh so mm. it's got a fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a fifty percent on Metacritic, and a seven point three on IMDB. Okay. Well, um, I love this film. This mm. worked me so well. Um, I love me a good kind of sense of dread. Mm, um, a bigger... But... Mm, yeah. Um, as well as, you know, I love me a good, um, you know, balance of comedy between dread. Mm. Um, and this film so gets that as an excellent sequence where Jennifer Lawrence is on, on like, a news show... And like has a bit of a mental breakdown, telling everyone that we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it, it walks that line so well. Um, yeah. Um, I, again, if I said that Coda might be my favorite actor film of the year. This actually might be. I take that back. Um, and can I just say this has got a three point two on Letterboxd. So yeah, across the board, it's pretty mediocre. Yeah, it's been mixed. And you know, I'm I'm fine with it being like that. You know, I'm I'm happy being you know, an exception of people that, you know, like this film. Um, I yeah. think the the political satire really lands and, like, works for me. I mm. found it quite funny. I mean, it's just a climate change, um, you know, it's sort of just climate change, but it's with, like, a comet, isn't it, or something? Um, like it? Yeah, it's an asteroid heading towards Asteroid, it. yeah. Um, an asteroid that's big enough to destroy it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's about attempts to stop that and all that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, like, excellent cast Leo DiCaprio J-Law both as Jennifer Lawrence not the other one not Jude Law um, <laughs> but they're both really good Jonah Hill Meryl Streep Mark Rylance they're really good as well mm. um, and this film has one of my uh, my favourite endings of the year I think it's a really great ending ooh um, well haven't seen it so can't discuss it yeah exactly if you know you've not seen it go give it a watch it's a really good time um, although if you don't like it well <laughs> Too bad. I I give it an eight point five. Ooh, very high. <clears throat> yeah, I loved it. Uh, so now, yeah, number ones. 
for me, uh, well, number one for me, is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And, I mean, I feel like most people have probably talked about this enough already, even before I it came out. I think we could probably get into it. Yeah. He's not uh, thinking about uh, that. Oh, well, it's, been, it's been out for, you know, over a week now. Like, what, we cannot, I don't know. Yeah, it's been out for a anyone, while. Anyone who, anyone who cares will have seen it by now. <laughs> yeah. But if, hypothetically, you haven't... Spoiler warning. Also, assuming you haven't had it all spoiled for you already, let's just just say hypothetically, skip forward a few minutes. Like, ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. it might be Yeah. Um, so, I love it. It's my favourite film of the year. I um, Ever since it was announced and... The rumors of cast, I was like, I couldn't wait to see what they were going to do with this. They had the rumors of Jamie Foxx coming back and Alfred Molina. And then, you know, once they were confirmed, there was the rumors of if Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be coming back. Yes. And, uh, well, I mean... They did. (laughs) They did, yeah. I mean... I somehow, I got spoiled, like, the day it came out. Oh. Um, it was from um, someone who had seen it, and we were typing in, like, a chat, but they didn't they oh, put, yeah, like, yeah. spoilers over it. But the thing that they spoiled, it was disappointing, but it was also kind of, and I kind of was, I was m- way too upset f- for something that really doesn't matter. Like, it's a fucking film, for Christ's sake. I just, you know, it was annoying, and I was sort of not in the best of places at the time. It's a completely different story, um, and, but you know, it was of the spoiler things like the thing when I was like, okay, I kind of figured that would happen anyway, you know. Yeah. I had somehow been able to avoid all the leaked images and the leaked footage, and I I was aware of it existed. I was aware of like the photos of them together, but I was not aware of the footage. But I was I was basically like, if they are somehow not in this film. I will actually be upset. And, you know, they were. Like, so. part of me secretly praying that they wouldn't be in it, just because that way Marvel would have pulled off what, like, the greatest hijink of the century. Yeah, they just and had them all on set. It, just to... Like, the fans wouldn't have been able to blame them, because it would be like, hey, on, we never said they were in it. That's not our fault that yeah. you got... I mean, Andrew Garfield kept saying it in every single interview that he's not in it and i felt bad for him at a point because he had these all these films that were coming out that he wanted to talk about people like so you in the new spider-man and he's just like no i'm not in it and he just keeps like like, you know what i was in the eyes of tammy faye so i was talking about her yeah tick tick boom that just came out let's talk about that man the new film the one that could potentially win me an oscar yeah yeah no spider-man you in it and he's just like i'm not and then then there was the mcguire doesn't even have to worry yeah and there was a thing where he, yeah, someone took a photo with him and they were like, hey, so are you in No Way Home? And he's like, well, I can't say. And then he just like winks at them, essentially yeah. saying he's in it because he doesn't care. He's, he's, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. I was like, what are you going to do? Not put me in another Spider-Man film? Oh no. Oh no. My foot, I've been, you know, I had it cancelled, you know, 10 years ago. I'm, I'm fine, you know. I've come to terms with my own failure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, um, Marvel trying to find a way to make Spider-Man 3 interesting. Tobey Maguire, you couldn't live with your own failure. <laughs> yeah, um, and so there have been rumours that I hope are true that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire might do more Spider-Man films in their, like, own yeah, universes. Cool. 
Um, and I would like that to happen. I don't know how many they could get out of it, but I would love for them to do at least one more with each of them because I think Garfield. I don't think I don't think Toby will, but I think Andrew Garfield would definitely want to. I mean, I feel like if they were to do one with Toby, it would be like a retirement one where he like sort of hangs up the suit and has someone new become Spider Man, like a Mars Morales, perhaps. Hypothetically, yeah, because he looks old and yeah. I do like. I do appreciate that they didn't try to like de-age him or anything. They're like, no. Nope. He. This yeah, is how he, he looks. Was. He's an older Spider-Man. We're gonna roll with it, you know. It. It. It did look a bit weird, though. I will say it was very strange. <clears throat> uh, my yeah. cinema, my screening of this, had a few major reactions to several points in this that we might as well touch on. Uh, so the first big one was when uh, Daredevil appeared on screen. Oh yes, that movie. Yes. It wasn't like a cheer or anything. It was just like the entire cinema went. <gasps> and I was like, oh shit. Like he's actually in it. Like I'd heard the rumors that he might be in it. I hadn't seen like the photos of him on set in it. I was like, oh, it's him. The Netflix characters are canon now. Like it's confirmed. Like they are canon in these films now. I. 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 I like that he was there. I haven't seen Daredevil, but I like he was there. No. But also, I like that it wasn't in the scene that everyone said he would be in. What scene did everyone say he would be in? Um, the bit, the first bit of Peter at like the police station or whatever. Oh yeah. And then it's in a different scene entirely. So I was like, mm. huh. uh, just wondering, had, did you manage to avoid spoilers before? I mean, you saw it like the day it came out here, but it I been... yeah. I, so there was a midnight screening I could have gone to, but. Mm. You know, it's no James Bond, which I did go to a midnight screening of. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll see it the next available session. Um, so I did. I just kind of stayed off the internet for the morning. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I didn't get any spoilers. Yeah. Kind of still annoyed at myself for getting spoiled, but, you know, it's like fucking whatever, you know. I can't be helped. Well, it could have been, yeah, but I'm just... I don't know. I just sort of beat myself up over stuff that doesn't matter um yeah and then when um then the next then it's pretty like there's you know chuckling and laughing for the jokes and everything and then it gets to you know garfield's spider-man jumping through the portal and i was like I could already tell it was him because of, like, the way his mask is, because his eyes on the mask are, like, different to Toby's. And I was like, here he comes. And he jumps through, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna take the mask off. It's gonna be great. And then he just pulls the mask off, and our theater just went, just erupts with just... The, like, back row is just, like, girls just screaming, and they're just like, Woo! (laughs) Um, I, I got one more little reaction um, <clears throat> from my audience before um, any of the other guys showed up, mm-hmm. and that is when Norman Osborn says, "You know, I'm something scientist <laughs> myself." Ah, uh, I don't, I don't know how many people in my screening got it, but I was like, "Ah, oh, that's amazing!" It's, it's like it's dumb, but I kind of love it. I kind of, yeah. What would have made it even better if, it was, <clears throat> if at some point he got to say, "Godspeed, Spider Man." Yeah. Uh this film is just, it's just fan service, the movie, basically. Yeah, pretty It's much. like Endgame, it's well. but it's better than Endgame because it works so much better as a film, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. And yeah, 
and then when Toby walks through, there was less cheering. Presumably because everyone was like, okay, well, if Garfield's in it, okay, Toby's Garfield's in there, it. Maguire's going to be there. But there was still like a nice, there was a polite applause of it all, and everyone's like, I'm like, sweet. <clears throat> and then the other big reaction is when um, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saves MJ. Oh, um, yeah. What, what, what a great scene. Oh, it was one of the best scenes of the film. And Andrew Garfield, like, genuinely... Probably my favourite bit of the film. I think he... This is, when I said Tick, Tick, Boom's not my favourite Andrew Garfield film performance of the year, yeah. this is. I think he is, you know, he's not in it much, but he is exceptional. Yeah, he really sells it all. Um, and he works to a, yeah, a, a like, degree he, that... You know, he you could didn't so easily just kind of like write this off as just like a paycheck sort of movie. Yeah, but, but he, he doesn't. It means so much to him that he's like giving it his all, and yeah. I have so much respect for him for that. Yeah, I mean, he he was. I I remember reading stories of like when he first put on the suit, he like cried because it meant so much for him to play Spider. man Oh yeah, Spider Man means so much to him as a character. And it's a shame that he didn't get good films. Yeah, and so he was yeah. And he, and he was really, and I felt his performance, prob- well, for me, it was between him and Willem Dafoe for best performance. I agree, but I, I, I give it to Garfield. Mm-hmm. I just felt like Dafoe was even more sort of unhinged and creepy than he was in Spider-Man. When the first I, one. I, I prefer his work in the first Spider-Man. Personally. One of my, one of the, like the best bits is when he, it's like at, they're at like a happiest place. And Spider-Man's just punching him in the face, and he's like, his face is like Sisyphus, and then he just like his he just keeps like his smile just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it's just really like creepy because he just has like that face that can really sell that kind of. Oh yeah, Willem Dafoe's got a great face. Yeah, and I love the bit as well when he's just like he just sort of the way he's able to just sort of like slide back into like oh yeah no he's gonna how he can be like regular Norman Osborn to like green goblin Norman Osborn um yeah I thought this film hit a lot of really good emotional beats and moments in a way that I kind of haven't felt with the other Tom Holland Spider-Man films uh like it's kind of like because I haven't been particularly sold on Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think he, I think this film really sold me, him, me on him, and really cemented him as like, oh no, he's really, really great. Um, and I think this is like the film that sort of he is able to hit the, you know, he can be Peter Parker and he can be Spider-Man in this film. Mm. And I think that he very much. I mean, we'll get to it. I'll be. We'll get to the ending in a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I thought Toby was also very good in the film as well. Um, yeah. I and I just like how the stuff with Garfield, where he's talking about sort of how he got angry and bitter and stops, you know, sort of. Whenever Gwen his... comes up, he is just yeah beyond amazing. Yeah, and he's you know it talks about how he stopped pulling his punches with. It's so many connotations of like him just because it's it's uh, it's a very um common thing of spider-man law is that like he always pulls his punches because you know he could you know punch someone's head off if he like you know use like all his force or whatever like if he really went for it he could you know kill someone with a punch and that's really and that's shown really well on spider-man's fight with green goblin when he goes to punch him on like the shield the bronze shield and it leaves like a massive dent in it presumably trying to kill him essentially Oh yeah, he's blind rate. I think the film and yeah, just the sort of the way the three Peters bounce off each other, 
Oh yeah, they've got really solid. So even in the little moments, I think Andrew Garfield just epic like you know when that's like okay peter one peter two peter three and he's like peter three yeah oh that is and then he says you know, just before they go off and do that stuff i love like, you guys i love you guys and they're just like thank you, thank you. and then yeah, they that's... yeah they're all then they you know run together and they get that great shot of the all three of them you know all three of them. oh and there's also a great little bit before when um they're talking about how tommy wise like oh yeah i fought this black goo alien and then tom holmes like yeah i fought an alien in space and then like really sadly andrew guff was like i'm gonna fight an alien you know i'm 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 real i'm like lame compared to you guys <laughs> that whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa let's You're go amazing. back a bit let's rewind that rewind yeah. time and because that fits with his rewind spider-man time. 2 because like he's the oldest spider-man so he's you know the more yeah. um he's been through this himself yeah he's sort of had these sorts of conversations with himself and he's like nah let's go back a bit and you know that, that's where he gets to truly become a youth pastor yeah one of that's one of the best jokes in the film are you gonna go into battle dressed like a cool youth pastor i think probably my favorite joke is when electro is talking with Peter and he's like, you know, I just sort of figured you would be black, and he's like, oh, I hope there is a black Spider-Man, and I'm just like, oh, there is. I I love the stuff like um, it's like man, Max was such a nice guy before, you know, he fell into a pool of electric eels. Yeah, that'll do it. They'll do it, yeah, and they're just you know. Yeah, yeah. bats up each other really well. Yeah, <laughs> I love how earnestly they talk about the most ridiculous shit. Like, hey, do you have a best friend? And Toby's just like, yeah, uh, he died in my arms. Just after he tried to kill me. Yeah, and then Ned's like, yeah, I will never try and, you know, kill you or whatever, whatever the line is. And it's just like, okay. You you, you heard rumors that, or like theories that maybe Ned's going to become Hobgoblin or whatever. Yes, because that's the thing from the comics is his character. I mean, that could be, I mean, I'm not sure. I feel like that's just an in-joke from the writers who. I mean, maybe, yeah. Because that's like a thing from the right. That Spider-Man's friend tries to kill him, the bitch. Yeah, and um, I thought Zendaya works it here much better in a way that I don't really think she has in the other films. Yeah, I'm not that bothered about her. And yeah, I mean, I think the final, the third act, I was surprised at how much Garfield and Maguire were in the film. Yeah, they got a good like 45 minute chunk. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, but that, that final, like, third act of all three Spider-Men together, w- just working together, and, you know. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, uh, and I thought that they were good, that when, uh, at the end, when Maguire Spider-Man gets stabbed, I was like, no, you're not gonna, surely you're not just gonna kill yeah, him no, right it wouldn't now. Have, um, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's, no, you can't do that. And then he's like, no, nah, it's fine, I've been stabbed before, I'm like, oh, okay. He's fine. Yeah, and then the ending has probably one of the best MCU endings. Yeah, it's very mature. Everyone's meant to, you know, you just have everyone forget Peter Parker even exists and, like, fuck. Like, like, because you've never had that in it. Well, because no Spider-Man film has really delved into magic and and the multiverse concept. Well, to this level, like in this sort of way like spider-verse has dealt with the multiverse but it's a very different way in which it yeah and um yeah it's just you know yeah i i think it's a very good ending yeah and i and it's very i'll be honest i don't really care about mj and peter's relationship in this one yeah um they are supposedly planning like another trilogy for tom holland so you know, yeah at least six Tom, months, i don't want to be an actor when i'm 30 holland 
Yeah, I mean, he's only like 25, so he can do like... He's he, he, does, he, he doesn't want to be an actor by the time he's 30, so you know. Yeah. Did he actually say that, or...? Yeah, yeah, he said he doesn't see himself being an actor when he's 30. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, he might get two Spider-Man films in. Well, uh, hang on, when was, when was Homecoming? 2017, yeah. He got three films across five years. I guess if you do a similar sort of thing. Yeah, well, because Sony has to keep making Spider-Man films so they can hold on to the rights or whatever, so they'll probably keep pumping them out every two years or so, so I guess presumably mm. the next one will be 2023, mm, then yeah. 2025, so. then 2027, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess so. If that, they keep going on that long-last strategy, plus Spider-Verse films in between there, and Venom films, and Morbius, and whatever else they're doing... Uh, yeah, but no, this is uh, my favourite film of the year, and uh, it only gets a 9 out of 10. No film broke. Well, mm, uh, so, my favourite film of the year. Uh, sorry, and what was your rating for... No oh, sorry, um, 8.5. 8.5, okay, cool. My favourite MCU film. My favourite film of the year was yeah. Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Yes. Long What a surprise. Who would have guessed at the top when we... It's going to be one yes. of Edgar Wright's two films this year. Which one? Yeah, my favourite film. Yeah, my favourite Edgar Wright film of 2021 is Sparks Brothers. Mm. Yeah. Last Night in Soho, a horror for Edgar Wright. Yeah. Doesn't really do that. Jordan he, 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 um, the, well, I mean, Jordan all of the Porno trilogy had like some shades of horror, yeah. less so as they go on. Yeah, I mean, Shaun of the, the Dead is a zombie this film. Is the first one that's, this, this is the first one that's a full on horror film. Yeah. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is the closest to horror, but it's much more on the comedic it's side horror of comedy. that. Yeah. And Hot Fuzz right. has some moments, like when he's in Sla- the Yeah, slasher moments. Yeah, and, sl- and slasher moments too, yeah. World's End doesn't really... Well, I mean, I guess it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of horror. Yeah, it's like the thing sort of... Yeah, paranoia. like you don't know who's real and who isn't, and then you don't find out. None of them are real. They're all robots. Uh, so, um, take you back to when this trailer first came out. Mm. Um, uh, can I just say I... that going into this, I knew basically nothing. I watched one trailer, and that was it. Me too. And yeah. I'd seen like some stills from it, and I'd seen like the poster and everything, and I'd seen reviews, but I I didn't really see much. Like you know, some like films they usually release like clips of stuff from the film. I haven't, I hadn't really seen those, and I hadn't really seen. When we first got this trailer, I was, you know, I didn't think I was going to like it. I was quite, you know, I was scared that this might be the first Edgar Wright film that I don't like. Um, and so when I went into the cinema to watch this film, I was, I had a certain amount of kind of, you know, doubt about whether or not I'd like it. And Skeptic. then, yeah, and then as with all of his films, you know, the first couple of seconds, it just hits me, and I was like, ah. Oh, Fucking hell, Edgar Wright. Mm. Yeah, I, I adored this film. I, I love... I mean, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, I think Edgar Wright's best films all dabble with some sort of subtext, you know. Mm. The Cornetto trilogy are all about growing up and maturing. Um, and then yeah. this, this film is arguably as well um, as the main character... Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, Christ, um... I watched this like like last week. Oh, anyway, um, you're Thompson the one who's seen. You're the one who's like the big fan of this film. Yeah, but I watched it like a couple of months ago at this point. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like her name's, it's, it's going to be super obvious, isn't it? Um, it's, oh, fuck, what is it? Eloise. Anyway, Eloise, that's it. Thompson McKenzie, Eloise. Yeah, she moves to London um, on her own. And it's a really, I guess, personal kind of going out on your own, moving to the big city story. Yeah. Um, is that how Edgar Wright was when he was younger? Was that like... More or less, yeah. Yeah, he moved, moved to London from the West Country like Eloise does. Um um, and I, you know, like all good writers, yeah, he's drawing from what he knows in the mm. same way that, you know, a lot of Shaun of the Dead is based on uh, Simon Pegg um, and his kind of... I think Edgar Wright put it out, the film is um, about uh, Shaun uh, getting off the couch, um, you know, to, you know, be with his then-girlfriend Liz and, you know, based on the real-life events of Simon Pegg getting off the couch to be with his then-girlfriend Nick yeah. Frost. Um, um, and then Hot Fuzz, I think... in that's a bit more of an Edgar Wright one. Yeah. Where it's like Edgar Wright's kind of workaholism. Um, yeah. And then The World's End is uh, based on Simon Pegg's alcoholism. Um, mm. And then this is, yeah, Edgar Wright moving to, you know, the big city. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, and also, I, I just think it's a really great bit of, you know, horror. It's, you know, not the scariest film ever made, but no. I think there are bits that I was like, you know what, he, he can direct pretty much anything yeah uh so prior to yeah prior to like it coming because we got it a bit later than everyone or at least some people uh i you know we know people who had who live in the uk and they had seen it and they were all pretty solidly behind it mostly mostly yeah. pretty solid all thought it was pretty solid you know um some people were less convinced but you know mostly people rather liked it um, I mean, I didn't really need to see much of the, um, promotional material for it, because I'm like, it's Edgar Wright, I am going to see it, and it doesn't really matter. Like, I probably will like it, because I've liked pretty much everything he's made. And, uh, I really, really liked it. It was, uh, yeah, number four on my top ten of the year, so very high up. Yeah. Um, probably in the lower echelon of his films... I would argue, and if I was it's, to put it It's the here. exact halfway point for me of... I've not seen Sparks Brothers yet, mm. but of his narrative films, it's the exact halfway point. Mm. So what, is it Cornetto Trilogy above it? Yeah, so number one, The World's End. Number two, That's Hot That's craziness. Fuzz. That's oh no, two, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, no, fuck off. I love The World's End. Two, no, you're mental. Like, I love The World's End too, but it's it's by far the weakest of the three. Without I mean, no, I, I, will, I, I will give you that, but it's my favourite. Um, mm. yeah, so one World's End, two Shaun of the Dead, three Hot Fuzz, four Last Night in Soho, five Scott Pilgrim, uh, six Baby Driver, seven Fistful of Fingers. Yeah. I love the the aesthetic of you know the all the, you know, I in my letterbox review when I saw this film, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a cliche to say that this film really kind of transports you to where it is. Yeah. But, you know, film that's set in 1960s london it absolutely did that for me you know yeah and that's down to the soundtrack the song that they use um, yeah. you're my world great mm-hmm. really sets the vibe yeah uh yeah. i, I think yeah cool. it really works at and I, I love the way it sort of i do like how i think it's a really great character sort of detail that uh, eloise is sort of you know she sees the stream and immediately sort of becomes like infatuated with sort of this world and sandy's dress and wanting to, you know, recreate it herself. But, you know, the deeper she goes in, the more she's like, oh, this is really, you know... Yeah, that's the worst. And I would argue this is probably the darkest Edgar Wright film. Like, I don't... 
Definitely, definitely. Like, World's End touches on some, Although, like, suicidal... The, the World's End, yeah, gets into some really, you know, amazing territory, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, there's some, yeah, stuff to do with suicide, and, and there's that in this film as well, but... Um, but this one has it in throughout more elements of it, you know, sort of... Not, not only is this film kind of talking about suicide, you know, a lot of it is, a, you know, it's about mental health, and, like, you know, it's, I think, very heavily implied that, um, you know... Louise might have a bit of, you know, hereditary schizophrenia. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we sort of see that throughout the film, you know, she sees her mum, you know, isn't there. Yeah. Um, and I and I think it's the, the sort of flashbacks where she's in the scenes, seeing Sandy, you know, talking to all these different guys, and, you know, it sort of is implied to us at that time is that, um, you know, these guys are sort of forcing her to have sex with them is yeah it's prostitution yeah essentially and that's sort of what we uh gather from the sort of flashbacks and the way everything's going and the way um jack matt smith's character sort of treating her because at first everything's like seems you know happy and you know he's being really nice and then you know she gets this big break but she's dressed up as a i don't know what the word is like how to sort of describe it it's like a very lewdly dressed like Doll, like I don't know how to describe it. It's um, she's dressed up to please men. Yes, that's probably the best way to put it. And you know, she's going through with it, not necessarily because she wants to do it and she likes doing it, but because you know, quote, it will, yeah, it will help her career. It'll help her career, you know, and and yeah, and and the film sort of deals with like abuse as well, sort of those sort of under like well or seem seemingly at first those themes of abuse oh no i think it's not even at first i think that's all the way through yeah but it's it's sort of the way it's sort of portrayed because it's sort of portrayed as one thing at you know early on and then you sort of find out later that it's you know not all is as it seems yeah um Um, uh, performance wise i think the two female leads, Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, are both really, really good in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I'd like to throw a shout-out to late, great Dame Diana Rigg. Oh, Diana Rigg was... I was like... I didn't... I couldn't exactly be really like... If you if I had to pick her out of a crowd, I wouldn't be like, oh, who, this one's Diana Rigg. But I was like, ah, oh, well, this is an old woman. And Diana Rigg was an old woman, so this is probably yeah. Diana Rigg. Yeah. Probably. Much yeah. bigger involvement than I was expecting. Mm, yeah i was just i kind of so sort of very early on in the film i was like okay so there's these two old people here and one of them i feel like is gonna be is gonna be one of the characters from the past you know one either this guy's gonna be jack or this old woman's gonna be sandy i was like one of these two is gonna happen i'm not sure which one we'll find out and then you know we we do find out when's transpire who is which yeah We'll get to in a minute. Well, I mean, I guess it's a classic case. I was shown one thing, so I never really thought, you know, as far mm. as we know, Sandy's dead. Um, yeah. So it never occurred to me that she would still, you know, be around. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, so we see her die, so it's probably not her, so it's probably this guy. So it's like, okay, he's Jack. And then, you know, we find out, no, he's not actually. He's a cop that we see in one of the other flashbacks. And I was like, oh, so is Diana, is that Sandy then? Is Diana a character? 
character's Sandy, and I'm like... And there's those sort of little elements that sort of tease before we find out really who her, what her name is. I'm like, like, that looks... That's familiar. That was in, like, an earlier bit in this film, you know, and that kind of thing. I think... And, yeah, the twist... I mean, I, I saw it coming, but I was a bit, like, sceptical at that point. It's like, is she gonna be her? And then, you know, we, as we find out... That, she is yeah no, no, no i i think it works really uh, well. i thought it was incredible i thought it was really like quite tense it was like because she's just telling her these things of like oh yeah no i killed all these guys you know i, I stabbed them you know I buried them under like the floorboards and everything i'm like this is really like actually scary like what is yeah no it's, it's yeah quite disturbing and i'm like and I'm like, and she gave her the tea, and I'm like, did she, I, I just was like, she's put something in that tea, and then Eloise is just kind of like, you know, sort of, bleh, you know, because of the tea, and I'm like, god damn it, I'm like, they're not, and I, and I did have a thought in my head, like, are they gonna kill Eloise, like, is her, is this woman gonna get away with it again? Uh, genuinely, because it's, you know, doing some giallo, you know, Italian horror stuff, Yeah. I, I thought, you know, yeah, she could die, that is like a staple of giallo, have the protagonist get killed. Yeah, and then, you know, and I thought the stuff with all the, like, the ghosts being around, like... Eloise seeing all these ghosts sort of following her everywhere was really quite effective, I thought. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, so I, I've heard that people, you know, some people's complaints was that, you know, the film, it comes across as like insensitive or something. And I didn't get that at all. I didn't find, did they like say what bits were insensitive? No. Or? No, okay, no. Well, that doesn't and, like, I think it might just be the whole, oh, there's, you know, implied rape involved. I'm like, well, you know, that's not insensitivity. That's just a thing that's ha that happens. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, it's not, it's like, that's... You, are, yeah. you, are you saying we shouldn't address these things because it's insensitive? Yeah, it's like... Um, and but plus, then... I'm sure that probably, like, well, yeah, it happened, and we're sort of showing, like, yeah, this stuff happened, and it's not good, you know, and it should, you know, sort of be addressed. I mean, of course, we do find out later that it's not, in well, it's not, like entirely true because it's more like sandy coerces the gut men and then kills them see i was really i i towards the end i thought <clears throat> it was going to be like there was something i was like oh no this could actually be the thing that people are saying that's you know bad when they're like all the ghosts are like hey kill diana rig because she's a bad one. And I thought, oh no, if she does that, that's going to be kind of like, oh shit, we're meant to sympathise with the rapists. Yeah. Um, then, um, no, it's alright though, because um, she's like, no. <laughs> you know, you did bad things, you deserve what happened to you. Yeah. But it is just sort of, but she doesn't, you know, Diana, but I, they don't portray Sandy as a good character, like as a good person. Like she's a, an objectively awful person. You know, um, well, well. Oh, she no. Not I initially. She isn't like initially. Okay, I, I, like, even at the end, I don't think you're meant to be like, oh, bad Sandy for killing those men who did bad things. I don't think it's ju it, well, just. I don't think it's like trying to justify her doing it. I think like. I, no, I think it definitely is. I think you know, she says, "I understand why you did it." You know, it's not saying like, "Oh, go out and kill all you know, <laughs> all men." It's kind of saying, "No, like you know." you went through a horrible thing and I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but I at least understand. 
Because if that was the case, you know, if it was the case of like, no, Sandy, you bad person, then I think they would have just, you know, let Eloise kill her. Yeah, but I, well, hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I, I do are you saying, William, you saying you don't sympathize with the rape victim? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I feel like, well, they don't try and they sort of explain why she did what she did, but they don't sim, they don't sort of be like, oh, this is a good thing you should have done. I guess is sort of. Yeah, no, they don't say it's a good thing, but they say, okay, I I understand why you chose this option. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't it's make never it okay, said, it, It's never No, it doesn't, but and uh, they're not trying to make that case. They're just trying to make it, you know, you are meant to sympathise with, you know, why she would do it, because she's, you know, she's been, you know, sexually abused, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think you are meant to have some level of, you know, you are meant to like Sandy as a character. And I think that it's, yeah, important that you see where she's coming from and why she would do that. Yeah, no, I get that. I just I'm not saying she, you know, didn't have a reason to do what she did. And, you know, I'm not trying to sympathize with those people because they did bad things as well. But I guess I'm sort of the, I mean... I'm I mean, not, you I know, don't think there's even, I, I, I guess, some, you know, reprimanding for it because, you know, she chooses to kill herself, basically. Yeah. Um, like, as, you know. I mean, I'm guess <laughs> I'm just not, like, the kind of person who thinks, like, you know, solving violent actions with more violent actions is the right thing, I guess. Yeah, that's, you know, that's fair enough. Um, however, I, I feel like, in, you know, as long as you make it clear that when you say that you um, don't you know, sympathize, well, like, you, you don't think that Sandy did the right thing, just as long as you make it clear that you aren't saying that you are on side with the, those men. No, 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 I, I should, no, I think they are awful people, and they, de- you know, bad, they deserve to have bad things happen to them, but I don't know if I necessarily think, you know, they should have been killed for it, because I'm not, that's sort of not how I sort of think about things, but they are bad people, I'm not... I, I should make that clear. I I do not sympathize with rapists. Okay, I, I let's don't, just make that clear. I don't. I think anyone who is a rapist is a fucking awful. William person. Fletcher, a friend to women. Yeah, like who? I think rapists are awful people who deserve who deserve punishment for being a bad person. I just don't know. If, you know, being murdered is necessarily you know the right sort of like I get like it makes sense within the story. Oh, is bad kids. And I get that, like, why a ca- why the character would do it. I just don't know if, like, you know, it just sort of... Like, it makes sense, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. But I just... It's just not something I would... I mean, I wouldn't do it, I guess, is the point I'm getting. I would not murder someone. But, you know, I, I do get what you're saying. That, like, it's explained and the film doesn't justify it. It just is like, you know, this it is explains why it's, it, doesn't, it yeah. explains it. Yeah, no. Okay. I hope it's clear now. <laughs> Don't justify yeah, what those no, people did. I, you, you, I know you've made it very clear that not only do you, you know, not sympathise with the rapist, but you also think that murder is bad. Y- y- yes, obviously murder is bad. Naturally. Yeah. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's rate this film. Yeah, uh, so this is, yeah, one of the lower-end, but still, like, a lower-end... I mean, my lowest-rated Edgar Wright film for context is a 6 out of 10, which isn't a bad score, but it's certainly a, a medio, a mega score. Uh, but this I really quite liked, uh, and that it gets an eight out of ten from me. Well, I gave it a nine point five. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I have no regrets. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. Do you want to just quickly run through the top ten and get our top tens again? Yeah, just to yeah, make sure. sure. 
Yeah, uh, so my top 10 of the year, as it currently stands, it is possibly subject to change, depending. It probably will change, in fact. Uh, my top 10 of the year, King Richard, South Park, post-COVID, the return of COVID, No Time to Die, The Suicide Squad, Coda, Tick Tick Boom, Last Night in Soho, Nobody, Inside, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, my top 10 of the year is West Side Story, Inside, Free Guy, Nobody, Encanto, Coda, Spider-Man No Way Home, No Time to Die, Don't Look Up, Last Night in Soho. Yes. So that is it for this review of the year episode. Thank you all for joining us. This is far and away the longest episode I've ever done, and maybe the longest I ever will do. I did have plans to have a third guest, but I feel like this would be even longer so maybe it's good that I only had. Yeah, it was about. It's about. It's been about like three and a half hours since we started so, recording. So, uh, yes. Uh, thank you all for listening to this, uh, and this is the final podcast of the year. In fact, this will be the final episode released out in twenty twenty one, and then it'll be the new year. It'll be twenty twenty two. What films are you looking forward to next year, mate? Oh, next year. Um, I guess my. My most anticipated film is probably like the Buzz Lightyear movie. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know what's coming out next nah. year. Also, it's Pixar. They put out quality films. Don't yeah. you laugh at me? Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear would be great. You say that, yeah. You say, hey, you sound, sound like it's a bad thing. No, no, I, I do. Yeah. Um, I do love get, Chris Evans. We also get uh, Knives Out Two. Um, oh, I know you're a big Jordan, fan of Jordan, 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 the first Yeah, no, I love Knives Out, as well as uh, Jordan Peele's next film. Oh, nope. That's going to nope. be fun. Um, I mean, Thor 4 looks pretty More fun. Um, Doctor Strange 2, trailer came out for that a few days ago. Looks. I mean, the Batman. The Batman, that'd be fun. Oh, I know what it's going to be. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Nicolas Cage's new film. Oh, I cannot wait! I cannot Nicolas wait. Cage. I I'm pl- I'm going to see it opening day. You know, Nicolas Cage. I might you even know. see it twice on the same day because it's I. It, it's I just, freaking dope, dude. Um, so is there anything else major coming? I mean, there probably is. It's always stuff coming out that I'm thinking. World Jurassic 3. World Three. Yeah, I'm not really bothered about that to be honest i didn't really care for yeah, fallen kingdom yes thank you all for listening to this and uh i review of the year will be yeah the next year sometime hopefully some of these films will be in the top 10 i'd be disappointed if they're not if not damn <laughs> i guess they were really not as good as they could have been yeah so yeah thank also- you all to, to the people that have um, gone this far ahead when they're trying to avoid the, the Spider-Man spoilers, you've gone too far. Go back. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, Yeah, just go back another about, yeah, f- yeah a little, about eight minutes, maybe. I think it's a little under 10. Well, it's probably more than 10, actually. Yeah. 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 So that is all for this episode. And yeah, this is really long. I'm going to have to figure out how much i can edit out of this because it's um, i am really tired now yeah <laughs> okay thank you everybody uh and goodbye goodbye <laughs>